Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. The session is brought to you by morebeer.com, where every day you can enter to win the beer trip of a lifetime for two to Belgium. Private tours, round trip airfare, and $500 to spend. Enter now at morebeer.com. Great beer is about drinkability. Doesn't matter the style. You guys are like walking beer Wikipedia. That's the first time that you've ever accepted me as a person. Or you have a fermentation in your gut. I'm yeah. propelled at all times. How many guys do you think that you have the privilege to slap? Somebody who's never tasted a commercial example. And this is how you know everything about this beer? Please, you don't. I think you know, it's bullshit. The, <laughs> I think it's bullshit too. Wow. Are you guys going to arm wrestle? No. no. We're going to teabag fight. Yeah. <laughs> you heard of Junkyard Wars? Can I get another high five? <laughs> now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. All right. Showtime. Once again. A lot to do today. As always, I guarantee we'll get done within six hours of all the thing that we ha- all the things that we have to do. That's crazy. Two. I'll be done in two hours. Two hours, Tasty so, says. Well, that's it. <laughs> Starting nine years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you three tonight. That's it. All right. That's pretty good. That's not bad. We got Left Hand Brewing Company on the program with us tonight. Pretty Excited beer. about that. Yeah. Still, I think to this day, they make the best milk stout I've ever had. So, Well, I made one last Sunday, so we'll see about that. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah, I've never made one before. Nice. So, so it's got to be great. Yeah. Right. 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 It's a weird style to, to choose to make, right? That's why no one's ever made one before. You know, Nobody sits around going, you know what? I want to make a milk stout. Actually, people do. His name is Warren. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't brewed since July, so I was like, hey, you know what I'm going to do? Yeah. Something I've never done before. Yeah, and right. For a milk stout. Yeah. It is a very odd style because it's not as roasty and, and, and kind of uh, acidic malty as a stout you would think like an American stout. Yeah, it's different. It's very, very weird. But I had it for the first time. I had left hands. Uh, God, probably the first time I went to the Oregon Brewers Festival. So in the first year that we were broadcasting and uh, it just was great. Such a great beer. Do you have it on the nitro? 
No, not then. At the at the OBF, it was just a standard old uh, CO2. But people were talking about it. I mean, I wasn't the only one that liked it. People around OBF at that time were like, go, you got to go try that. It was the buzz. Yeah. So I enjoyed that quite a bit. So we got Left Hand on the, in the studio, or, sorry, on the show today, not in the studio. But we do have some of their beer in the studio, I think, don't we? Yeah, quite a bit of it. You mm. know, I didn't drink uh, one of them leading up to the show. Not a one. Not a boy. Brought them all in. Wait a minute, you usually do? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they'll they'll ship me <laughs> now. We know what a they're few not. of the same what? style, and I'll drink. I, a couple, I didn't know about this. Bring a couple in, you know. Well, this is right. fucked up. It's fucked up. All right, so we got left hand on the show today. We're excited about that. Eric Wallace, he's the president, and Roe Gunzel. Yep. Yeah, he's the uh, head brewer over there, at left hand. So we'll talk to the boys about their beer. We'll taste some of their beer, and uh, we'll get through it that way. All right, I do have a lot of announcements today, so let me just let me just dive right into that. Uh, the first thing is, uh, we're upgrading our servers, I think beginning tonight. So code, our boy code, who helps us out all the time with these things. In fact, we'd have been out of business a long time ago without that dude. Uh, he's starting the server upgrade tonight after the show. So, uh, it could go smoothly. You know, they tell us it will, <laughs> but uh, you never know these things. So it, periodically f- over the next few days, cause I know it takes a little bit of time for everything to update entirely. Uh, if there are site outages, that's what's happening. And uh, tell your friends. You know, I don't want to hear it. I want to answer 100 emails. <laughs> so you guys do it for me. You answer the emails for me. Just tell all your friends now. All right. The other thing, we got some exciting stuff going on. You know, we're, uh, we're doing this Australia trip in October. We're going to the Australian National Homebrewers Conference, and we're coming up with ways for us all to get in on that. Uh, in other words, uh, a couple of us are, are budgeted to get to the conference but we want to bring the whole team we want our friends there yeah yes. we want to party with the brewcasters exactly. so we're working on that we've got a few different ways to uh get us there um and one of them was donated by a listener this week i think it's a pretty cool thing now that we have we're going to do an auction for two tickets to see Dave Matthews in Sydney on April 15th and not just two tickets to see the Dave Matthews band but those same two people get to go backstage for a backstage tour before the show. Wow. Yeah. So not just your standard old, you know, head on over to StubHub and get yourself some Dave Matthews tickets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then sit on the lawn like schlubs. Yeah. No, no, no. Do oh, they have grass in Australia? I think so. Maybe it's the bush. I think they call it bush out there. And if Yeah, yeah. you sit out in the bush. And if it's like any other Dave Matthews band, you sit out in the bush and you trip balls <laughs> for four and a half hours, depending on the length of the set that night. Right. Not that I've ever done that. Uh, I've heard about it. What did I do? There you are. I tried to t- turn Susie off. She got noisy. Does, does it come with a custom recording of uh, you making fun of them for liking Dave Matthews? <laughs> I like Dave Matthews, actually. That would come with a custom recording well, of JP uh, making uh, fun of you for true. liking Dave Matthews. Yeah, I told Taryn about this because she loves, she's a super fan. Yeah. And uh, she's like, oh my God, I, now I really want to go to Australia, but like now. <laughs> Should we take Taryn and not you? <laughs> Please do. Can you imagine? Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Well, her uncle lives out there, so she just go Dude. crash on his yacht. Really? There you yeah. go. All right, so... What we're going to do is we're going to start an auction because the whole point... So we've got this great friend, this great listener, uh, friend of the show, and he works for the Dave Matthews Band. Um, we've got friends everywhere, believe it or not. I wish have been right behind you. <laughs> so he's uh, is donating the two tickets plus the backstage tour. And what we're going to do, the point is to raise money to get more of us to Australia uh, in October. 
So we're going to do an auction on the Brewing Network forum. There is a thread there. Uh, you will be responsible for the, the the dollars that you put up. All right, so don't go in there and, and mess around. This is obviously probably just for our Australian contingent, our Australian listeners. Yeah, unless uh, you're going to be in Australia. On April 15th, <laughs> or if go. you feel like flying over for a backstage <laughs> tour, you know, God bless you. Yeah, let's not leave out the Kiwis or the, the Papua New Guineans or whomever. Uh, absolutely right. Yeah. Are the bids going to be in U.S. dollars or Australian dollars? Warren, stop complicating things. That's a we will we'll have to convert it. <laughs> wow. Great. Leave it to us. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll have to. You know, it'll still be the highest bid. Yeah, in gold. We'll convert Let's in American gold. dollars. A million so, years. Yeah. This oh. is American American dollars. The real stuff. Yeah. What, what about Bitcoin? Let's just do it in Bitcoin. Oh. Do it in Bitcoin. Yeah. Highly volatile. Um. So I think you mean stable. I don't think so. Actually. <laughs> so. That's what we're going to do. What is the thread called in the forum? Can people get started right away? Uh, I haven't posted it yet. I'm working on it right now. It's called Silent Auction for Dave Matthews Band Tickets. Sounds easy enough. Pretty good, right? It's in. It's going to be in the uh, Beer Radio Sunday session section. Okay. I felt that was apropos. So we're doing it this way because we... You know, just put it in the regular Beer Radio because I hate okay, too, I many, too many subcategories and I get confused. I was trying to, uh, you know, be organized, but that's fine. I'll do it. I'll do it for you. I don't even know that I like that we have show subcategories anymore. It well, seems weird to me. Form but users just should go to Active Topics and it'll, it'll be on, it'll pop right on the first page. Or you could search Silent Auction. It's probably the only one oh, we've ever done. For it, sure. and it'll, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're doing it on our forum because we want it, you know, we want these to go to a listener and we want to encourage listenership. We don't want some random Dave Matthews fan like Taryn, uh, you know, to get a whole, although we might make more money that way, but we, we no, you, know, you wouldn't trust me. We, we want it to go to a listener. So we're doing it in the forum. So go to the Brewing Network and then click on the button that says forum. And then under the active topics or just go under Beer Radio, you're going to find a thread that says Silent Auction for Dave Matthews Band Tickets. It's two tickets, April 15th. They're playing in Sydney. You're going to get a backstage tour of the whole deal. Not like the kind of tour Schumann gives. <laughs> Although maybe if you play your cards right. <laughs> your day will not be molested. Right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Tasty's not going. Unless she wants to be molested. And then no, I've been on this tour. Oh, yeah. I have. Oh, yes. How I, was it? I, it was great. Did it's you a great walk, tour. Did you walk with a limp afterwards? No, no, no. no I uh, had me and, uh, and a friend there, and uh, yeah, we loved the tour, and uh, it's great. Excellent. So we're excited about this. I mean, it's it's the start of our Get the Brewcasters to Oz tour, where uh, we're, we're, yeah. we're just fundraising and, and doing our best to get as many of us over there as we can. There's a lot of other different methods coming up. For example, on April 19th, we'll be having the BN Yard Sale, Bake Sale, and Silent Auction. And free beer. And free beer event here at the... We've gotten a lot better at our marketing, I think, <laughs> I think we know. than we used to be. Yeah. And so we're doing that right here at the Brewing Network Studios. It's also probably the last time that you'll get to see Studio Double D. Before we blow it up. Before we blow it up and head out of Martinez, move it over to the new BN World Headquarters in Concord at the Hop Grenade, Tap Room, and Bottle Shop. There's a lot so, of ands in our life. You ever notice that? I like it. I feel like uh, we've never been a very efficient company anyway, <laughs> and now we're just showing it in our titles. And you know you know, the one thing the, the back end of our website can't handle, yeah. uh, HTML-wise? The ampersands? Ampersands. Amber can't do it. <laughs> it's true. You cannot do it. If we put ampersands in our shows, it breaks every time. Wow. Yeah. So we're fighting back. We're taking back the and. <laughs> we're taking back spelling out and. 
All right. So a lot of different ways for you to contribute, but if you're if you're going to be in the Sydney area or you can make your way there, April 15th, we've got Dave Matthews tickets for you. Uh, this week, you'll find more information on our Facebook page about the BN Yard Sale Bake Sale Silent Auction and Free Beer event. Uh, we'll be auctioning off their uh, items like our official BN Army kegerator that's lived in the studio here for the last year and lived at Doc's before that. It's a six-tap badass camo kegerator. It works great. Yeah, that's yeah, good. The only, honestly, the only reason we're getting rid of it is is we're going to have twenty taps at the new bar. So uh, why you know why keep our six tapper? No room for a kegerator. to have twenty six. And all of us already have kegerators, and we need money to go to Australia. So we're not giving it away because or, or auctioning off because it's a piece of shit. It's awesome. One of them yeah. set up for nitro. It works. That's for sure. Uh, it's got a shelf built in so that you can put the six kegs on top. On top, it still fit bottles in the bottom. Uh, you can keep your weed up in the freezer. The freezer works. <laughs> Not that we've ever done that here. No. Not that we've ever kept tasty cookies in the freezer <laughs> at all times here at the BN no, Studio. Those things are shelf-stable. Yeah. Um, it's a great little... And we've got a few other things we're going to auction off. You know what we're going to do, Tasty? It's the first Tasty's heard of it, but I know Tasty. He's on board. Yeah. We're going to auction off a box of beer. Uh, and what we're going to do is I'm going to include some of the rare bottles, uh, like... For example, I got a I got a bottle of Dark Lord sitting in my cellar that, that was uh, that was donated to us. We have a few of them were donated to us, and this one's kind of been hanging around. We're going to put some things like that plus some Brewcaster beer into a big case of beer. Oh wow! Uh, so that you'll get some tasty beer, you'll get uh, some dock beer. Uh, I don't know if JP's got any good beer around uh, mm-hmm. in the cellar. Maybe um, maybe Beardy's got an award winning cider to throw in there, and plus we'll 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 yeah, throw we, in um, we'll see. Well, uh, maybe my Schwartz beer. Fuck Nate and the Schwartz. Maybe uh, if it once I once I beat Nate, we'll maybe we'll put that in there. <laughs> right. Um, so we're we're coming up with a whole list of silent auction items. Plus, we're literally yard sailing what we have here in the studio. Like the yeah. that we have some nice couches that are very <laughs> a lot of broken chairs. A lot of broken <laughs> chairs. <laughs> we're uh, we're I very IKEA chic here. Um, you know, when I was digging around this weekend for for stuff to put on the list, yeah, um, I found the urinal tap. Oh, Remember we that do have thing? the old oh, yeah. urinal tap, well, right? We might as well go? put that up. Well, well, that yeah. looked great over in the hop grenade. You think so? <laughs> Some guy is sure to take a piss in it. Of course. <laughs> that's the Why is this pisser way high up on the counter? <laughs> Why are my feet getting wet? Yeah, it's like 10 feet up the wall. Yeah. Someone will still manage to piss in it. It's a long shot, but uh, it can be made. What do I win? I'll have to think about that one. <laughs> Free pint. Beardy's helping us out today. Beardy, can we auction off your beard? Yeah, why don't you cut it for charity? Mm, the whole for thing. Our for it's, yeah. it's for our charity. I'll get cut it if it gets me to Australia. <laughs> if it gets you to oh, Australia. Oh, right. I see. Well, that ups our budget by about three grand, so I don't know. <laughs> How much do you think that thing's going to bring in? I don't know. <laughs> three dollars. Make some great earmuffs. I bet if I talk to your wife, I can get that thing up for auction. Oh, she would do it for free. I know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm asking the wrong person. You guys, tell her to get it in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gone. Tell her I'll give her 15%. Just get it in the middle of the night. There you go. <laughs> All right. So that auction is coming up April 19th, but the Dave Matthews auction will start as soon as JP gets that thread in the forum. It's tonight. already there. So it's there done. you go. It's All done. right, it's Australians, going. go in there. Help us get to Oz. We're going to have a good time with you out there. Uh, okay, a few other things I just need to let you know about. Uh, the American Homebrewers Association Governing Committee elections are still going on. You have until March 31st. Uh, if you didn't know, you know, you can vote for up to eight candidates over there. And there's something like 25 candidates. So if you're having a hard time, you know, deciding between, say, Drew Beecham and Kim Wood, 
Go ahead and vote for both. You can vote eight times. And if you're a member of the AHA, you need to do that. These are the people that represent you. So please go do it. Uh, I'd, I'd be very appreciative if you did. Vote. Uh, go to homebrewersassociation.org, and then you can click on, um, I believe it's membership, and uh, you'll be able to do it. You'll be able to read all about it. You have until uh, 11.59 Pacific time, March 31st. All right? Go do it. Speaking of the AHA, there's a AHA rally at Heretic. Oh, yeah. That's coming up um, Saturday, April 26th, and the Brewing Network's going to be there. We're going to do some live shows. Uh, it's Saturday, oh, wow. April 26th at Heretic Brewing Company in, uh, what's that city Fairfield. called? Fairfield. Fairfield. I always forget if it's... Back, so do I. You know, Fairfield. <laughs> On your way out there, stop by the Jelly Belly Factory and pick up some belly flops. There's it's a good right brewery there. out there, Anheuser-Busch. Uh, right uh, near it. Yeah, yeah, right across from Jelly Belly. They're using the same water. That's true. Hell of a tour, I hear. Uh, all right. So, April 26th, AHA Rally at Heretic. Come on out and join us. It's free for members. We're going to be giving away a bunch of stuff. Uh, representatives of the AHA will be there, and we'll be there doing some live shows. So, come see us out at Heretic April 26th. Uh, speaking of giving away, they're giving away five gallons of work. Oh, that day, huh? That day. Mm-hmm. What's the deal there? <laughs> you just bring your carboy. Preferably sanitized, so they'll probably do it for you. Yeah, and, water will probably uh, do it for you. And uh, they'll give you the uh, carboy of wort and uh, yeast to, to ferment it. I want to do that. Well, then bring your carboy. I think I will. I think you have to sign up for it. Like I think there's uh, something. Uh, I'm sure there's slots, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a limited number. He just you make sure he's got enough wort and time okay. to do it. But it's a limited number. But what beer is it? Uh, I don't know what he's probably don't know yet. It's probably one of his production beers. Twin. Oh, it's, it's wort. It's not. It's not boiled it's and hopped yet. Yeah. It's wort. Okay. It's, it's hot. It's no. It's, it's boiled. It's hopped. boiled and cooled and ready it's, to go. Yeah. Hmm. It's going to be some ambery thing. It's a new. It's a one off. So um, I just have yeah. to pitch yeast. Right. Yeah, so there will yeah. be there will be multiple kinds of yeast. So you can pick oh, yeah. um, like English or a lager or a, just an ale yeast. Hmm. So you have a couple different options. What do you mean? I get the yeast too? Yeah. Yes. Oh. For so free? Like five you get, you of get the beer. wort and the yeast, and the dry hopping's up to you. But wow. Look at that. You can get some wort. That's first, a hell of a deal. It's first, a great deal. If you're not an AHA right. member, it's great. you can buy five gallons of beer for the I mean, price I, of membership. I have to be up real like early brewing it. Bucks but, right. Yeah, you great. do that day, right? Yeah. yeah. Probably. First drinkable beer you'll make. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like I get every. I'm kind this is of, foolproof. Can yeah. I just leave the carboy at Heretic also? Uh, we'll take care of it. Yeah. And have you guys yeah. monitor it for me? I'd rather just you know pay the the however much it is. Like if I wasn't a member, pay the membership fee and then go. No, no, I just want to finish keg when you're done. Yeah, you do it all. Yeah, why not? Can I have some say in the recipe, Beardy, or you think it has to be one of your? Well, you can talk to Jamel. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's but not going to be he always twin to me. or it's not going to be one of the regular beers. Oh, it won't. It'll no, be a different beer. It's going to be its own word. I like it. It'll be conjoined twin. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Evil or Oh, uh, he hasn't done that. If that's not planned yet, it really should be. God, what, 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 what would that be? What would a beer called conjoined twin be? I don't know. I don't know either. Think about that. <laughs> All right. So it sounds like a lot of great things happening out at the, uh, Heretic, the HA Rally, April 26th. All right, you can also support us by shopping on Amazon. Just hit the Amazon link on our homepage and uh, do your shopping as normal. We get a little piece of it. You, you won't even know we're there. Uh, do we have a product of the week? Yeah, it's uh, Boy Meets World, the complete series. It's uh, nice. <laughs> seven DVDs uh, worth of Boy Meets World. I just love the description. 
Well, first of all, do you think they order it for their kids or themselves? God damn it, I hope it's for their kids. Oh, Who no, it's for themselves. It? No. For yeah. sure. What, is. is that the one with the science kids? What's the science kids one? I think it's is called that, science kids. Is that the... It's, a bunch of, it's also no. awful, and it's been on for years. No, Boy Meets World Boy, was that weird soap from the... Early or the late nineties, early two thousands, right? Yeah, remember soap? Corey and Topanga, Corey and Mr. Sepulveda, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, a, t- a tween soap. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'd call yeah. it a soap. Catch up with your favorite gang, Tor- T- Corey, Sean, and Topanga, as they survive the trials of junior high, high school, and college in the complete series. Boy Meets World. Corey is your average guy with a best friend from the other side of the tracks, a teacher that constantly oh, keeps God. him on his toes, and a friend named Topanga who he has trouble understanding. Who never gets naked, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So don't even watch. <laughs> so yeah, if you're waiting for that. So wait for that. Don't even so, try to start it. So Tasty bought these. Is that, that's what he's saying. I watched them all, and I'll tell you what, well, she yeah, never she gets never, naked. If, if you wait to the college years, they run out of towels. A, not a cleavage, nothing. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm Googling uh, Danielle Fischel nude. Let's see what comes up. He's like the opposite of Mr. Skin. Yeah, yeah, well, maybe Mr. she Clothes. will, because they're going to do a... Uh, I heard rumors that they're going to do a, a sequel, or a follow-up series. Uh, those oh, are all fake, by the way, Scott. That's oh, going yeah. to happen. Yeah. Oh. Eh, some decent fakes. <laughs> <laughs> you believe it, sir? Anyway, right. thanks for ordering that. All right, watch all this live on brewingnetwork.com slash TV. That's our live stream page. You can go there and check it out. Yeah. Uh, subscribe and join the BN Army. You're entered to win a uh, the $100 donation giveaway from our sponsor, More Beer. They bring you this show and every show. Go to morebeer.com. Always bringing you the Sunday session, and if you're a recurring donor in the BN Army, you get a chance to win a $100 gift certificate every single week. Plus, we got some good giveaways for you later this year. I was speaking with the More Beer guys last week, and uh, we got some big plans for you. So subscribe and join the BN Army. Get all these updates and more over on Twitter and Facebook, and uh, send show ideas to Scott the Jew, Scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. Send feedback to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. Two things. Are we ready with our March Madness names? Yes. You have them? Are we ready with our Twitter game? Yes. Twitter game is brought to you today by our good friends over at homebrewstuff.com, where it is March Homebrew Madness. That's right. The bracket works just as well over at homebrewstuff.com. They're giving away prizes each and every week leading up to the finals. And I believe we have our Sweet 16 to announce. Our Sweet 16 winners right now, right? Actually, we have, we've done that uh, and Elite Eight. Tonight is the Final Four as we near the end of March. No kidding. Yep. The Final Four already. By the way, UConn. Made it past the Sweet 16 themselves. Go ahead. Uh, well, or into uh, the Sweet 16. Sorry. Punch up uh, line one. That's our friend Tarn, uh, who is uh, live in Homebrew Shop, as uh, Homebrew Stuff, rather, as we speak, and he has our names for us. Tarn, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're doing all right. Excited to give away some Homebrew Stuff prizes to some lucky fans here. Oh, so my. All right. Who's awesome. The, who do we have this week? All right. I got four winners here. Uh, Fred Stevens. George Gutier, Alex, I hope I'm saying this right, Kuhneman, and Jonathan Coleman. All right, congratulations. What do they win this week, Tarn? Um, you know what? I am not at the office. I couldn't <laughs> honestly tell you. Hang on, I might have it. Yeah, uh, let's see. 16 winners. So last week's winners got uh, ball lock uh, couplers. Hmm. The Elite Eight. Got uh, Brewhaller Carboy Carriers. The final four this week got, they're getting two ounce packages of El Dorado hops and a $25 $25 gift certificate on top of that. Not bad. Uh, El Dorado hops are good. That that is good stuff. So, all right, brother. Thanks so much. 
Anytime. Have a great day, guys. Cheers. Congratulations. Congratulations, winners. There you go. Congratulations to our winners of the Homebrew Stuff March Homebrew Madness Final Four. Next week, one winner is going to win 50 bucks to homebrewstuff.com. How many uh, guys do you think jumped out of their chair when he announced Fred Stevens? Yeah! You know, I, I bet you we have I at win! least two or three Fred yeah. Stevens out there listening. What are we doing? Emailing them so the uh, the official Fred Stevens will actually get noticed via email, I assume? <laughs> no, I, be, I suppose. Or maybe might they be all winners will. next week. I hope nobody had a heart attack. Same time. Poor old Fred. Although that's good PR. Poor old Fred. <laughs> oh, Fred. He was a good dude. God damn it. All right, what's our Twitter game today? Uh, well, I was reading a story in the news last year uh, about the first exoskeleton uh, for personal use being given to an Iraqi war vet. Uh, I think this was mid or late last year. And so uh, I was thinking about it. If the BN invented some sort of bionic device like this, what, mm. would, it, what would it do? That's a good question. You know? Uh, sometimes what, we get to learn a lot of things in Twitter games. <laughs> about our listeners? Yeah. Uh, you know, like, uh, what would you do with a... Uh, you know, this guy has an exoskeleton, so he can actually walk again. I think he was paralyzed or yeah. something like that. Um, what would you use a bionic device for? If I had a, a bionic device, it would uh, it would create yeast starters on demand. <laughs> it would it all within the device. Oh wow! And what would come out of it would be an Erlenmeyer flask to put on my stir plate. So it would just you know, all of it would happen within, say, this arm exoskeleton <laughs> right. and then and then i would just be able to detach the flask and put it on my starter so like huh. i could i could be working all day and it was just doing it so that when i got home in your arm starter so you were actually secreting yeast into your arm which would be a collection vessel for it sounds like well the i mean essentially yes okay all right <laughs> maybe you would harvest yeast from the air around you oh. and collect it into the vessel Oh, see, yeah. there you go. Let's You're better this. at this than I am. But I think uh, I daydream a lot. Yeah, I, this is where I'm going. I feel like if I could just show up with a yeast starter, right? That would be my bionic yeah. device. Warren would just want to see better. <laughs> Eyes would be great. Instead of these hollowed out masses, Beardy's like, I would invent eyes so I could see. Wouldn't that be great? You have fun with your yeast starter. Yeah. All right, send your ideas. I got that figured out. You're living too high on the hog over there. <laughs> I think I'd go really big. Yeah, I'd uh, have have like a, height, uh, like tall, an exoskeleton <laughs> that would uh, drive my car. Mm. Yes, that's a great idea. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be a great driver too. I'd just sit there and kind of like, yeah, what's going on here? Yeah, I'd one be there day just in case. I think that's a really good idea. I'd honk at the girls or something. I'd be on the lookout. Well, you would get so the horn would be in the the, the back seat. Oh, that's I, where oh, you would I, be, and then you would honk at him. Well, no, it's a, I'm assuming it's an ex. It's a, I'm attached to this thing. Like I put it on. Oh yeah, and, you can and, do that. And yeah, it, and it dries. My hands are moving, but I'm not really driving. Nice. Yeah. Well, same you're with the pedals, you know. Oh yeah. yeah. Tasty's good at this too. That'd be good. I like it. Let's combine the two somehow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're running a little short on time, so. Hmm. I think I might move feedback to the uh, to the end of the show. We'll do it that way. I don't want to make the guys from uh, left hand wait any longer than they have to, right? So why don't we do this? We'll take ourselves uh, a quick break, and, and we'll do feedback at the end of the program. Uh, we've got left hand brewing companies Eric Wallace and Roe Gunzel on the program tonight to talk left hand beer. I think we'll go get some poured into our glass right now. When we come back, we'll talk to the boys. Susie's work in the chat room, so hit the chat button on our homepage, not our live stream page, our website. And that's how you can ask us questions or call 888-401-BEER. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. 
the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more beer social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the Home Brewed Chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your home brew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, greetings. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Saka JP. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeasts, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego Super Yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. 
A few things happened 30 years ago. ARPANET migrated to TCPIP and the internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and Bruin brother Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit the store in Dublin, California and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at hoptech.com. This is Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewing Network. The session. Brewing up our next batch of radio gold. Right now. Yes, ma'am. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks to our wonderful sponsors that you heard there at the break. Uh, especially More Beer, who brings you this Sunday session. Oh, Monday session. Session. <laughs> Stupid thing. Whatever day it is. Each and every time. Go to morebeer.com and check it out. All right. On the line with me right now, we've got the boys from Left Hand uh, Brewing Company. I'm excited to have these guys on the show. I've been drinking their beer uh, for years. So, gentlemen, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. There we go. We've got uh, Eric Wallace. He's the president and uh, one of the founders as well. And Ro Gunzel. Ro, am I saying that right? Uh, that's that's good enough. Good yeah. enough. You say it for me. I, I still won't get it right, but it's good to hear. And I say I say Gunzel. You say Gunzel. Yeah. You just keep it simple. Yeah. I like, a while. I like a man who doesn't correct others on the mispronunciation of their name. So I got to be honest with you, so do I. Like people ask me too, and I go, I don't give a shit. Like unless you're Whatever. calling me an asshole, I don't care. And it's even fine. then. You know, even then, yeah, it's, it's fine. Uh, Rogue Gunzel, he's the uh, head brewer over there at Left Hand as well. So, thanks for being on the program, guys. I, I do appreciate it. Uh, are you are you phoning us live from Longmont at the brewery today, or what? We are live from the across the street from World Headquarters. Beautiful, right, right, but right above our tasting room, actually. Oh, perfect, excellent. Is the tasting room happening right now? Are you guys Tasting it was happening, and um, yeah, we just went down and refilled our glasses while we were waiting. Excellent. I've been to your tasting room, although I have a feeling it might have been an old tasting room. It was several years ago, uh, one time when I you know went out for GABF. So you guys have probably moved since then, or, or have you been in the same spot for years? Well, we believe in continuous improvement, so uh, we've been continuously improving it for the last 20 years. It's um, yeah, It just uh, grows a little bit at a time. Every couple of years, we... we we add on to it, so it's over 2,000 square feet of of, uh, of space for us to host people, have live music, pour lots of great beer, you know, enjoy the, the sunset that we just had. Excellent. And is this Ro or Eric that we're speaking to here? So it's guess, Eric. Is there? Right. Okay, wonderful. Now, Eric, you started the company back in 93 uh, with another partner, is that right? 
That is correct. What what made you decide to get into the beer world back in 93? Uh, my formative beer experiences were initially growing up, going to high school in Germany. I was an Air Force brat before I was in the Air Force. So Okay. Um, we I lived in a small German village, and if we played well, our coach would buy us a beer. That happened once or twice a season. Um, most of the time, he wasn't buying us beer, but... but <laughs> You weren't very but, good. Uh, we, it, it was a small town, and, and beers is part of the culture over there. So yeah. that was my initial exposure. And when I moved back to the states, I was seventeen and jaded. <laughs> I thought I just couldn't figure out why all the beer tasted watered down. So I was always paying attention, though I certainly didn't know very much about it back then. Sure, but you remembered it being very different than what you were drinking back home here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's fair enough. So. The, I have here that the, the name of your company that you actually ended up starting was not left-hand at all. What was the brewery that you started? No, well, we, we incorporated under, I'm getting some, we incorporated under Indian Peaks Brewing Company, and uh, the Indian Peaks are a, a really beautiful range of mountains that we can see from where we were living, and um, that seemed like a good idea until we found out that we had a uh, a little bit of a name conflict with the, some guys down the road. So um, we changed it to Left Hand Brewing Company. We were living in a town called Niwot at the time. And Niwot means left hand in Arapaho. Okay. So, so that's there's a lot of left hand stuff around here. One of the one of the creeks that flooded back in September was, was Left Hand Creek. Got it. All right, we're going to talk about that a little later too because I got that in my notes. It's kind of a crazy time for you guys. So imagine that even in the time before Google, it only took a, a, a short time to, to to find out that there was a brewery op- or a beer operating under the same name. Not only before Google, but before the real craft beer scene explosion. It's sure. like, isn't that bad luck? That the how many other breweries were there in your town? In, in Colorado, there were thirty two or 33 yeah colorado was uh still pretty popular they were on the forefront Mm -hmm. but i'm just saying back in 93 yeah i mean most states didn't have that many but i think we're we've cracked 200 plus now wow that's amazing god bless colorado that's what i always that's my presidential campaign (laughs) right there you know you used to sign your email that way used to be your email signature for the longest time and i never got it yeah now you know why it's over 200 breweries right but I'm just saying that even before you could, you know, Google a name, they found out quickly. Now, yeah. now you know, it takes two seconds to find out what everything's named, yeah. and people still can't fucking figure it out. Anyway, that's, what everything's that's named. neither here nor there. <laughs> so you guys, I actually like the name Left Hand better than Indian Peaks Brewing Company. I do, too. I, I think it's a good choice yeah. you guys made. We do, too. Good. Yeah. No, there's no going back and, now. So. And it lends itself really nicely to our logo. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Which is there's yeah. no peaks in that hand. Yes, it's funny they had the they had the left hand logo first, and they're like, "What is this? It's kind of strange." Five peaks. I don't. <laughs> Five finger brewing company. Right. <laughs> now, your original founder uh, is he still involved with the company? The uh, sorry, the other original founder, Dick Dorr. Dick Dorr is he's our plant engineer, so he handles all of the project management, um, design. Um, maintenance, you know, across across the entire brewery. He's responsible for all of that. Excellent. If you head over to our live stream page, you will see an early shot of Dick Doerr, uh I'm assuming from about 93, 94, sporting the uh, hipster beard and mop of hair before it was cool. Oh. That's, yeah, that's a... Uh, he's a full-on full on, uh, Grizzly Adams look going, I think, in that one. Yeah. 
perfect. You wouldn't recognize him now. He's completely shorn. Oh, he's all clean oh, cut now. What huh? a sellout. <laughs> I don't know. He's bucking the trends. <laughs> yeah, I like this guy. Well, we like the old version better. That's all we're saying. <laughs> right. All right, so that's brewingnetwork.com slash TV. Uh, there's video there of our studio, but also we'll post some different pictures throughout the show uh, that you can see uh, to the guys we're talking to at Left Hand. So where did you build the original brewery, and is it is that still your uh, your brewery today? The original brewery is right where we are sitting just okay. about. Actually, where we were sitting was suspended about eight feet off the ground when we started the brewery because it was outside the original walls. But um, Got it. The building we took over was a was built in the early '60s as an economic development project in Longmont, and it was a, a meat packing plant for many years. And when we were looking around for space in '93, um, Dick was out looking while I was retrieving my gear from up in Alaska with my wife, and um, he, he came across this building here. It's perfect. It has sloped floors, thick walls, refrigeration. It, it was completely set up to. To, to be a meat packing plant, which conveniently for us also really set it up to be a brewery. It's perfect. That yeah, is nice. Yeah, I mean, set up for blood, but you know, yeah, hose and blood down the drain. Also <laughs> perfect for beer. Yeah, and you have a room with rotating knives. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, what do you use that for now? <laughs> we did. We did have to cut down all the meat rails that were hung from the ceiling. I bet. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So that I know that one of the biggest expenses in starting a brewery is actually getting a building that works with with floor drains and slow right. floors. So it sounds like you guys were able to luck out with something very useful to a brewery. Yeah, it was uh, it was a good find. There were no breweries in Longmont back then, and we only had scraped together one hundred and forty nine thousand dollars total, and we had to make a go with that. So you know, having a lot of that that work done for us in advance was was really key to key to our success in the early days got it okay now let me it sounds like there are already a lot of breweries in colorado so a lot of times when we talk to to breweries that that opened as early as you guys you know we ask how difficult the beer scene was Uh, i guess the question still applies to you but it sounds like there were plenty of craft beer drinkers in colorado for you when you started no there weren't there weren't okay (laughs) so tell us about that then like what was your plan did you did you feel like, oh, we better make kind of a light beer when we start and we'll ease into it? Or did you just go for it? No, that, that was also not part of the process. Okay. Tell me about it. We um, started off with two beers. We started off with a with a with an ESB that Dick had been homebrewing for years. And then the other beer was a, a Scottish, kind of a soft Scottish blonde ale um, that was called Motherload. And those were the two beers we started with. We weren't... We never thought about dumbing the beer down. Um, we basically just said, well, what would we like to be drinking? So that was that was the model there. Even in Colorado back then, people were somewhat aware of, of craft beer, but it, we we're still a, a, a speck on the, the, the butt of the universe, you know, there right. was... There were a, there were a few brew pubs that were working, but all there were a number of breweries, but they were all tiny. Okay, you know, from a few hundred to a few thousand barrels max, and a lot of us were out delivering the beer ourselves in our own vans or or whatever. So there was certainly no mass awareness. I mean, it was probably better off than than the rest of the you know barren waste of of the United States beer scene back then. But it was it was. One you know one drinker at a time, basically just 
going around and, and sampling folks and trying to convince them to, to buy a little bit. So did Colorado have a, a, a foot up in 93 relative to most everywhere else? Yes. Was it teeming with, with great beer drinkers? No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't characterize it like that at all. Okay. Did you find it difficult? I mean, did you, were you essentially just showing up at bars with tasters and saying, you know, we'd like, we'd like a handle? Getting the handle, yeah, but showing up with free beer is not hard at all. They were loving that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so they're always happy to talk to you. I you, see. You, know, you may not get the business. I mean, there was places we went into 29 times before we ever made a sale. Wow. Just kept bringing t- samples every time? Yeah, you just you show up every week, and eventually, you know, their, their other suppliers weren't showing up every week for 29 weeks in a row, so they give you a shot. Yeah. So so why would Colorado have, like I would assume, the largest uh, number of breweries per capita than probably any other state and in the absence of, like, a lot of beer drinkers? It's kind of strange. Is it well, there were, just, there were more back then than there, than there are now. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm hearing this strange echo coming back at me through Skype, so it's hard to talk. Uh there, there were more beer drinkers in Colorado, obviously, back then. There were more craft beer drinkers. So there was a... Okay. I, I think it's because of a couple of factors. Um, you've got a pretty highly educated population in our area. We're located in Boulder County. Sure. You've got you know people that have traveled quite a bit. It's a, it's a fairly, you know, doing all right economically area we've got great water so you can make great beer yeah. the climate is is really nice um, even in the summertime you know scorching hot days generally turn into pretty nice cool nights so beers with a little more flavor and heft are easier to drink if you live in Colorado than as opposed to somewhere it's 91 degrees and muggy at midnight yeah. yeah yeah used to live there <laughs> Uh, what's our, what's the beer in our glass right now, Moscow? This is the uh, the Sawtooth Ale, the uh, ninety four GABF Gold for uh, Amber Ale, and this was the first brew that you guys made too, right? That was the very first beer we we uh, we brewed. Yeah, it won uh, the gold for bitter back in oh, in ninety four, and it won the gold for for bitter again in twenty thirteen. Nice, twenty yeah twenty thirteen. Same beer, uh, right? Yeah. You haven't changed it at all, have you? No, not really. Yeah. Well, stands up, doesn't it? Yeah, this is a fantastic beer. I can't believe you brewed this beer that's in my glass in 1994. <laughs> that's yeah, you yeah. never know. How's it holding up? <laughs> beautiful. Well, your bottling line is awesome. <laughs> I'll tell you what. We have negative oxygen in the bottle. <laughs> yeah. It owes oxygen. No, actually, the, the beer really is good. The recipe's awesome. Can you tell us a, a little bit uh, about the ingredients and the recipe? I'm going to let Rose speak since he's just sitting here quietly. And I'm <laughs> Wake him up. There you go. Hammer it home, bro. Oh, I, was, I was getting to enjoy a beer. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Now we are. You know, so this is a, a, a beer that Dick created, and it's, a, you know, a, a traditional ESB with some nice firm American twists. And so there's a, you know, a nice malt chewiness on the, 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 the mouth. And then you have this beautiful, you know, it's finished with a, a heavy hand of Cascade. Okay. So you get that nice citrusy american finish uh but it's a, a a great beer it's really really complex but approachable and so it fits with the uh average ordinary crossover drinkers but you know it's something that i, I think a lot of serious beer geeks can really appreciate and, and uh enjoy 
Yeah, I would agree with that. I think especially with the with the healthy dose of Cascade there, uh, beer geeks will will like it just the same. Is it American uh, base malt or or British? Uh, the, our our base malt that goes into pretty much every beer that we make is uh, Rar Turo. Okay, um, which is primarily coming out of Canada. All right, and what kind of specialty malts are in this beer? Because you, it definitely has a great, I, I think, a complex malt character. It's very layered. I think it, it tastes like there's a few more, a uh, few uh, things going on in there. Yeah, it's th- three different levels of uh, crystal malt. Um, Munich malt, I really appreciate and enjoy. Um, that's Gambrinus Munich 10L. And uh, a little bit of wheat malt thrown in there for some head retention. Okay. And, and, uh, we use CTZs, uh, Columbus Tomahawk Zeus, uh, Goldings, Willamette, and Cascades for the hopping. I like this beer a lot. So you don't use any English crystal at all? No. Um, it's all either American or Canadian and ingredients. The, and the yeast? It's not English either, then. Is that it? No, we originally tried to um, to use an authentic English yeast, but that nice metallic bite that it was creating in each of our test batches just didn't taste good. Yeah. So we kind of went back and started playing with some some cleaner cleaner you know yeasts that were that were available back then chico and stuff like that and that the yeast that we use now is a mutated version of the yeast we started brewing back then so we isolated it after quite you know, a number of generations when it was just kicking ass for us and and that's that's what we go back to as our as our base yeast strain now okay is this your best-selling beer your, your flagship beer here it was for 16 or so years wow and then the milk stout um, phenomenon came blowing up, and now we're selling about two and a half times the milk stout that we're selling of Sawtooth. Wow! What what made you guys decide on a milk stout? Was was it something you had tasted from another brewery, or did you just did somebody have a home recipe that you just loved? How'd you get to it? Well, there were no milk stouts back then, really. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, Dick was over with his brother in Tanzania climbing Kilimanjaro and God knows what else. And he came across uh, an SAB. I think it was Castle Milk Stout. It's the one he tasted. And he tried this this style, and he, he thought it was thought it was really interesting. So when he got back, he said, hey, I want to try to brew, brew this beer that I had. I never had one before. So we started working up, working up tests, and uh, the Milk Stout prototype one was born. We did it as a as a single brew seasonal twenty barrel batch back in two thousand and two thousand two thousand and one something like that. Okay, way back. And then, then the following year, we did a couple batches draft only. And then we started doing some bomber bottles, and finally, when when we put it into six packs, we still intended to just do it seasonally, but it really started to take off and kind of kind of started running away from us. It's such an awesome awesome beer. Uh, I'm going to come back to it and ask you guys a little bit more about the recipe, only because it's not in my glass, and I want it to be. And we have two different versions of it here in the studio, too, so I want to be able to talk about that. In the meantime, uh, one of the questions I had for you was just answered by the beer poured in my glass, and that was if you guys do any lagers. 
And then Scott here poured us a, a Pilsner. Yeah, we all love ourselves a Pils here, so uh, I figured we'll hold off on the stout and do a little uh, Pils first. I'd like to commend you first off for, for doing a lager. A lot yes. of the breweries we talk to, I'm sure you know the standard answer. Well, it's just hard to do. It, it, we, we don't have enough tank space, or we can't tie up tank space. Uh, but you guys went for it. Yeah, we're masochistic like that. <laughs> That's the reason they opened a brewery in a state with no beer drinkers. <laughs> yeah, yeah Ro- Rose, I would. He can. He's sitting here. He can pipe up. He's a Germanophile when it comes to brewing. Um, I grew up in Germany. When we rebuilt this, that beer came to us kind of through the the merger with Tabernash um, back in '98. They brought over a couple of beers, and they were primarily. German oriented beers. The left hand was generally more English oriented. So we ended up with a Pilsner, but it was a kind of a pretty flabby version of a Pilsner. Nice beer, but we took it back down basically to bare bones and reworked every element of it and, uh, you know, brought the malt, dried it up a little bit, put the, brought the hops up, make it a little snappier. And then the last thing we did was, was change the yeast strain. And we ended up with, um, I think a beer that can stand up, you know, worldwide. It won the the gold in 2012 at the Brussels Beer Challenge. Wow, it's a really good so, beer. Yeah. gold for Pilsner. So that's a, a pretty pretty good way to <laughs> introduce yourself to all the German brewers. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like my compliment is going to pale in comparison. But this is an awesome, awesome Pilsner. I would drink more of this. Yeah, that tends to pale in comparison to actual a, winning an award. There. Yeah. Uh, I love this Pilsner. This is, it's got all the spiciness, I think, that a good Pilsner should have coming from those hops. It's like a German Pilsner. Has that perfumey malt thing happening? Yeah. It's also dry, like you mentioned, that they kind of dried out the the original recipe that they had, and you definitely get that. It's nice and crisp. Uh, That's really good. In fact, I think that really helps to accentuate the the spicy part of it um, in those hops is is by drying it out. God damn, that's a good beer. Is this available in California even? No, we we don't sell in California. Oh. Oh, how many states are you in? Twenty seven. What's wrong with California? Then we're pretty. <laughs> I mean, really, we might be bigger. We, than, we like, sold in California in the past, and 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 ended up pulling out. Who um, wasn't really doing much out there at the time, and we've got all these other markets that basically, in the meantime, have caught fire. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, we it's don't. Yeah. We we're continually reinvesting in in capacity. Here at the brewery, but and since we don't take outside money, we can only grow so quickly. We've been growing between thirty and fifty percent a year for the last several years, just wow. trying to keep up with the existing markets. Nice. California is the biggest single market in the country, so that's a big. Step. You know, we're not ready yet. Yeah. We we basically have to keep building capacity and 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 the ability to to support it when we when we move in. So, well, what's your largest? When size we're ready, it? we'll uh, we'll be coming in, but. It's a it's a that's a large large uh, undertaking for us. Yeah, you wouldn't want to uh, take it on unless you had the beer to, to supply it. It would be kind of yeah. Fun. And we want want to do it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> everybody, knows, everybody knows everybody knows that sound here it sounds like oh, no, oh, there, there we go. go we thought we lost you actually there was an odd click and a silence and we all know that sound in here right but hey you're you're back it's good so eric what is the largest fermenter size that you have in your in your brewery so I, 480 barrels so you you can make a lot of beer uh, we can make uh, of your flagship. Of yeah, last year we made 
coming on close to 66,000 barrels. Oh, wow. So that's 26. I see. Yeah. And you still have enough demand in those states to, to make even more beer without even thinking about another state. Is that it? Yeah, we've been brewing about 80,000 barrel pace so far this year. Wow. So you're really... Wow. That's great. Well, if you need more money, I'm sure Budweiser is more than happy to step in and help you guys out. <laughs> yeah, we, I get calls every week from people that would be happy to help out. <laughs> you know, I was as soon as JP said that, and of course you mentioned that you guys don't take out outside funding. I, I certainly was going to ask that because you guys do seem like the kind of ideal company for these new, you know, acquisitions or even bursts of funding uh, based on. That you are in 26 states already. Your capacity seems really good. Mm-hmm. You got a, you got a lot of solid beers. Yeah, a little you, debt. You must get a lot of offers. Yeah. Yeah, but that's not why we do it. Yeah. I was having a conversation earlier with a couple of our people, and um, we've been accused of <laughs> of some interesting things here of, of late, and being money grubbers and, and all of this. And if that was what it was all about. Um, <laughs> I'd sell tomorrow because yeah. the offers that they're making are pretty ridiculous. Uh-huh. But that's that's not why we do what we do. We, we we love making great beer and being involved in our community, and and we're primarily an employee-owned brewery. Sixty-something percent of our employees here all own stock in the company. So it's it's a it's a mission from God. It's it's not a purely you know return on investment type deal though those kind of considerations are critical when you're operating a business but that's not the end all be all love it well to our listeners who are in the 26 state zone i highly recommend going and picking up some polestar pilsner you definitely should even though they are charging for it you know these guys have the nerve to charge to actually make money for their product i thought they were doing it for the beer i thought they just say it's for the love but they actually you have to pay them for the beer you know (laughs) they're not on right huh (laughs) (laughs) polestar pills folks it's 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 really good it's fantastic is it uh ro is it all noble hops or you got american hops in here uh, this is strictly American hops in there. That no is, kidding. Uh, <laughs> what are they? Uh, again, I you know I, I I like bittering is bittering, so it's CTZs for the bittering, and then we have some uh, um, Mount Hoods in there. Okay, a little flavor, and then Sterling's is what the the finishing is. Ah, oh, it's so good. Yeah, so we started off using Sots, but uh, the, the, Sots the supply there. Was, was horrible, and Sterling's were so much more reliable. We had greater consistency with them, and uh, you know, it was a, 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 a suitable substitute. I okay. Yeah, I like where you landed. Yeah. It's good. You, you mentioned you switched yeasts. What did you finally decide on? Well, when, when we took these beers <laughs> over, um, you know, it was the entire Tavernash line, and they were trying to produce a, a Pilsner, which you know I, I, I would have put more in the category of a Hellas, um, a Dunkel, um Bach beers, Oktoberfest were being made year round. So they they, they had beer. A, oh, sorry, California, California common. common. There you go. They Water had, vapor beer. <laughs> a, a, a fairly broad um, lager yeast that was being used. And uh, when I came on, it was pretty much only Pilsner is the only lager beer we were producing, or the the, the Hellas, the the Tabernash Pilsner. Um, and so I, I I tried to select a yeast that would be more suitable for a, a Pilsner type ferment, very dry finishing. You know, great malt character in there, and so you know, we played around. We we looked at I think eight different lager strains and finally settled on this one. 
What temperature do you like to, to ferment at? Uh, this one is at 9C, 9 okay. degrees Celsius. Yeah, okay. It's really low sulfur, right, Tasty? Yeah, it's really clean, really, Which I, really crisp. Yeah. And I don't actually mind a little a little sulfur in my Pilsners, but in this one, because it's so cl- it's just even better because you're not picking up any of that. Yeah, it's really, just really clean, really gets right to the, the malt character of the beer. Is that that's, something you guys weeded out of, in the test, too? One of the fun things about what we do is, is going to the cellar, you know, six, seven days into a, a Pilsner fermentation, and... Uh, it is sulfury, and to see <laughs> that drive off and how well the cease performs is uh, remarkable. Another key, I think, of that is we noticed that when we were playing with different yeasts, it really kicked up the that malty, biscuity kind of foundation to the beer, which for me is key. You're, you know, we're all always talking about balance and drinkability um, in a beer, and as you guys know. Pilsner is one of the hardest styles to brew because it's such a clean, snappy, dry beer. There's nowhere to hide. Yeah. So if you're able to do it, do it in something something like that. It, that's the first beer that a brewer will will be served when they come to visit us, and uh, that's the first beer I'll try when I'm visiting somebody else if they've got one. Yeah. Yeah. It's got that really good malt character, which uh, is not easy to do in a, in a smaller beer like that. It's great. And I agree with your method, too. It, either the pale ale or the Pilsner, if they have one, is always the first beer I'm going to try when I visit a brewery, too. And it does say a lot right in that one, in that first drink. <laughs> um, That's why you, the first beer I ever homebrewed was a stout. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they all taste good. Good call. Uh, do you have to do uh, any kind of a diacetyl rest with this yeast, or does it just ferment clean at 9C the whole way? Uh, it's 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 a pretty clean yeast. We'll we'll take it about. That's hard to talk, right? Uh, uh, up to about seventy percent attenuation, and then we'll bump the temp and let it free rise up to eleven C. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just did that with my Schwartz beer, tasty. Did you do the uh, Narcissus uh, fermentation? I did a little diacetyl rest. Uh, here, let me bore you for a second, Ro. So I started my <laughs> I started my Schwartz beer at fifty C. But I intended to start lower than that. I wanted it to be lower. And, 50 and, C. Uh, sorry, 50 F. Thank you. 50 F. Uh, yeah, 50 C. Oh, it's going to be great. <laughs> a little estery. Oh, it's really going to be great. It's probably nice and juicily. I'm so dumb. I don't know on which side to laugh at you. Yeah. If it's too cold or too hot. All right, so 50 F. And I, I meant for it to start lower and, and sort of raise up to 50, but it just didn't work out that way. So my secondary plan then, according to the instructions I got, were to raise it somewhere between 5 and 10 degrees uh, after two-thirds of fermentation ha- had occurred to to get rid of the diacetyl, which I was really worried about. So I just did that with my Schwartz beer, and now I'm hoping for the best. And it's the first lager I ever brewed, so I promise not to send you guys any. <laughs> oh come on! We sent you beer. <laughs> yeah, you sent us great beer. Yeah, man. you were you were doing us yeah, a favor. When ours is great, we'll send it. Yeah, yeah. you have a QA department. <laughs> we'll see how it comes out. But hence all my fermentation questions for you guys because I I do think you know I don't know that is it that lagers are difficult to brew or is it just that they're dis, it, it's just that there's no masking you know in a pilsner like this. You see what I mean? Like if you're a good brewer, if you're if you have the skills like you guys clearly do. Is the challenge the beer itself, that, you know, in, in terms of techniques, or is the challenge just getting the recipe right? 
Well, I think you're you're overlooking a uh, one, one big concern as a, a brewery that sells beer for a living is as bad as that sounds. But uh, you know, we we tie up our tanks for about five to six weeks with our Pilsner beer. We could turn you know two and a half to three times that much milk stout or sawtooth in that same time. So it's a uh, you know it's really a, a labor of love and a, a sacrifice that we're willing to make to have a beer that we really enjoy drinking. No, no, I understand that part. But I also, when I walk into craft breweries, and the first one I have is their Pilsner, it's not so often that it's as good as this, or even close. And so I guess I'm just wondering, you know, these, these are also other accomplished brewers. If is, it, is it really outside of your wheelhouse, technically, to brew a great Pilsner? Or did you ha- is it just a matter of the amount of R&D that you spent to get the, the recipe right? <laughs> you got you got to work your ass off at, at doing it correctly. Yeah, it's, it's not an easy beer to make, which is why the other day um, we were at the Peak to Peak Pro Am, judging beers all day, and all the all the local breweries were coming in to p- pick their Pro Am beers at the at the at the Best of Show round, and I offered to buy them all a beer. And they all picked Pilsner. Right. <laughs> That's what I had five guys sitting there. I was drinking one too. We were all drinking Pilsner together. Because um, it, it's, if you can do it, you're going to get respect because it is not simple. It's okay. not easy. No place to hide, like you say. All right. That's what I was getting at. So that's, that's a good answer. And I can see why they would all order it from you too. It's great stuff. All right. I got to do this. I got to take a quick break. And at the break, we're going to pour, I think, two different versions of your milk stout in our glass. We'll come back and talk about that. Can you guys hang out for a read couple the, minutes? Read the instructions before you pour the nitro. All right, oh, Scott. Oh, read, you know, I watched the video even better. Oh, good. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> All right, we're talking to the guys from Left Hand uh, Brewing Company out of Colorado. And wonderful beer so far. We've got more to open up. If you have questions, 888-401-BEER. That's our phone number, 888-401-BEER. Feel free to call in and ask questions. Also, hit the chat button on our homepage. I see a bunch of you in there now, and I got a few questions in there already. Hang in there. It's the session. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. In my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your fing face right the f off your fing skull. Five dollars shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special secret elite bare-bones club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W NicoBrew, your bare-bones buddy in the brewing business. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about my favorite heretic beer, Shallow Grave Porter. I love the rich, malty character of this beer. 
While full and rich, Shallow Grave has an easy drinking finish that isn't too sweet. I've always loved my homebrew porter recipe, so when it's time to brew Heretic Shallow Grave, I started with that in mind. But I tweaked it with all my latest recipe ideas. Just like in homebrewing, I made sure we used only the finest malts, malts that would produce the ideal flavor for this beer. We used select British malts to get the rich chocolate and caramel flavors that we spared no expense. The result is a beer as dark as a moonless night with hints of vanilla, coffee, and chocolate. Perfect for a cool evening out in the woods. Cheers. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients, backed by the best customer service in the business. New items include the Big Oxygen Kit for economical wart aeration using common welding oxygen tanks and the Unistat line of external thermostats for easy control of both electric heaters and refrigerators. In addition, They've just mashed their new oatmeal stout malt extract. So you can make those tasty winter oatmeal stouts and porters without mashing. Go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. I'm beat. Can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while? You're beat? I've been swinging through this forest for 50 years, ever since we... Ever since we first escaped from the circus. I know, I know, but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose, hairy girls. Mark, we stop. Look! What is that? It looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab a seat. Creek Monkeys drink free. <laughs> awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet, and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and rotate frequently to make each visit an adventure. Yeah. Swing on into the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House, online at creekmonkey.com. Hey, brewers, it's planting season. Have you ever dreamt of walking through your own hop garden? Well, look no further than Woodburn, Oregon, and the Crosby Family Hop Farm. Blake Crosby and his family have been passionately growing hops for five generations. And right now, they're taking orders for 2014 rhizomes for all retail and wholesale customers. The Crosbys know how to grow hops and are here to help you establish your family's very own successful hop garden. In fact, when you plant a hop rhizome from the Crosbys, you're using the same plant your favorite professional brewer bought his hops from. Friendly professional service, fast shipment, and quality hops at competitive prices. The Crosby family brings all of this to you. Call 503-982-5166 or visit bcrosbyhops.com and let Blake Crosby and the Crosby Hop Farm help make your hop garden a reality. bcrosbyhops.com Hops from the Crosby family farm to yours. Ewa, what's your feel like? Take awesome and multiply it by two. Yeah! <laughs> Spraying live beer radio all over your face. <laughs> Can't get any better than this, baby. Woo! It's the Brewing Network. Mm-hmm. 
tuned into this session. Because life's too short to listen to crappy radio. Damn right it is. Hang in there. It's the session. We're back. Thanks for sticking with us. We got Left Hand Brewing Company on the air with us right now. I've got Milk Stout in two different versions in front of me. So Two different glasses even, too. Yeah, I'm excited about that. All right, we've got Eric and Roe. Eric, the president, uh, one of the founders of Left Hand. Also, Roe, uh, he's the head brewer over there on the line with us. Again, thanks for sticking with us, guys. We appreciate having you on the show. Oh, pleasure to be here. All right, so... Scott, at the break, followed the instructions via the video and the bottle of how to pour the uh, the left-hand milk stout on nitro, and uh, which is basically to completely upend the bottle and, and dump it upside down into a pint glass. Is that about right? That's absolutely correct. There's different styles that you can use to attain that same result. What do you mean, different different styles of, of pouring or, or of beer? Of pouring, um, like some guys will put the glass on top of the bottle and invert the whole thing and kind of pour it. You, you're familiar oh, with yeah, the, the German wheat beer pour? Yeah. Yeah, they'll do it. You do it kind of like that, except that you don't suck the foam back into the bottle. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. And wh- while we're at it, it, essentially, do I have this right that you guys have. I don't. I, I can't tell if you've invented or or perfected. Uh, and you could you could let me know the widgetless nitro bottle. Well, from from the our standpoint, we invented it. Okay. Because it, it didn't exist here in our market, and we didn't pay anyone to tell us how to do it. We uh, we basically figured it out trial and error over a couple of couple of years. What um, is the problem to overcome? Why why is the widget necessary? In other words, how come it doesn't just work like CO2? Um, having no experience with widgets, <laughs> yeah. I'm not quite sure why they're <laughs> necessary. I see. But that's the way they always happen, and we started under the assumption that that was probably the right path. But ultimately, after... Like I said, years of buying different pieces of equipment and trying to get it right. And I mean, we we did a lot of work getting the draft to work consistently, and for us to be able to actually to do it in quantity consistently. And then we started working on the bottles, and it was a much more complex complex problem. So we just started working trial and error. Every time they came and wanted to buy more equipment, we we kept buying it until we finally got to a point. I said, "Wait a minute, you know." We, let's see how close we can get with all of these toys we've purchased so far. Yeah, and see see where we are. So, is, is it safe to? I don't know how much you're willing to talk about the process, but is it safe to say then that it's it's not the same as you know uh, carbonating to a certain pressure like you would CO two, but instead you're you're using nitrogen and you just carbonate to a certain pressure and then you bottle it that way. It, it does is, it doesn't stay in solution or something. The answer to your question, is it safe to say, is yes. Okay. <laughs> it's not as simple as that. <laughs> we, we also have a great YouTube video in which we disclose the entire process of uh, nitrogenating beer. Oh, where can people find that? 
On YouTube, I'm sure. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, it's very enlightening. Great. Go watch it. Yeah, you'll 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 know everything you need to know about uh, doing that with your homebrew after you see it. I promise. Okay. You'll, you'll understand why we're not going into details. Well, ni- ni- nitrogen is one of those gases that is uh, it's very difficult to get into the beer, and it's very difficult to get out of the beer. Mm. And that's the the purpose for the widget. That's the purpose for the the restrictor plates and the the nitro faucets. You need to really agitate that liquid in order to get that gas to break out. And uh, we discovered that through the impact on the bottom of the glass, you know, gravity um, is in effect, you know, pretty much around the world that, you know, simply by pouring hard, you can get that gas to start breaking out instead of using a, a little piece of plastic. And how can I find out about gravity? Do I just Google that also? Uh, there's a video on which Isaac Newton <laughs> secrets behind gravity. I see. Yeah, there's a great wiki article on it if you want to go check oh, that out. Okay, good. I love Isaac Newton's YouTube page. <laughs> they, also, they also have these courses in, in in college that you can go to called physics. Oh, physics. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I've heard about college. Who can afford that? Week. Yeah, who can afford that? Uh, it's an emerging science. All right. So. Theory, really. <laughs> Left-hand milk stout. I have both the nitro version and and then I guess I don't know what's called the traditional version uh, in my glass. Is it the same beer? It's the same, yeah, same beer. Very different taste to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I I very much prefer the nitro. It, it's really oh, oh I think by the way whatever you have done to make it work, you've done it. I mean it really the the head is exactly what I would expect if it were poured. Uh, on draft off of nitro it's thick it's lasting it's stuck around it's creamy um it's they're, they're the very you know thin tiny nitro bubbles you'd expect i also think that uh because of the lack of carbonic acid you know that you're you're going to find in the co2 beer it's just a great really wonderful flavor on on my palate it's it's both sweet but but balanced just like you've done the recipe i think it makes the recipe shine without the carbonic acid getting in the way. Now, of course, the other one's good, too. That's that's actually the one I had years ago and also loved it. But it's like the nitro just takes it up to 11. I mean, it really... Yeah, the, the lactose is is the, is a key in there because it balances out that roastiness in the dark malts. So that's where you got your balance in the original, traditional milk stout. So it's, it comes out as a pretty soft beer. But like you were, like you were saying, with a... With the the, nit- the nitro version, you've got much less carbonic bite, so you have this really luscious, soft, soft pour, and that. My theory is that the nitrogen technology was developed to emulate the effect that you get when you pour a beer on a beer engine, a cask ale, because sure. you get that rich, creamy head, low carbonation, super soft. And it just slides down your gullet, you know. You can drink yeah. those things all night long. Exactly. And I'm telling you that it's executed flawlessly, widget or no widget. It really came out great. That's really more about my pour, though, than it is about the beer. So, <laughs> Scott, did. great you. work, Scott. Thank you. I've got. Thank you. Thank you. You've mastered <laughs> yeah. YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> can I take a stab here? Do you, do you have the bottles in front of you? Yes, sir. Can you look at the, the, the bottle stamper, the, the, the coating that's printed on the, the shoulder of yes. the bottle? Yes. There'll be two lines of numbers, and that top line will have uh, three digits and then a timestamp, and then the, the last set of numbers is our, our batch number. And so it'll be in the, the 1700, or, you know, the, the, the thousands. 2194. 
dash okay. on the nitro on yes. the nitro and what about the regular uh where are we looking here it's in yellow yeah on the glass my nitro is 2184 by the way okay i'm not seeing it on the on the car, uh, no stamper yeah oh it must be here is this it right here we're old in here. We're, yeah. we're trying to see things. Yeah, yeah, I'm old. Somebody with some glasses. All right, so the uh, <laughs> I can see it. We have glasses, just not the yeah, right kind. If Warren can see it, it's a two one seven nine or six two one seven six. Yeah, and I got two one seven eight. All right, all right so we, we, there we're we're both there. I, was, I was hoping that those would be the same batches coming off the brew house. It's all oh, okay. it's all on the execution downstream is where that nitrogenation comes in. I see. So literally, it, it it could come out of the exact same tank, is what you're saying. This yeah. is. This is the same batch. Yeah, 2178. Okay. Could come out of the same fermenter, which apparently those did. They did. And it really is, it's a different flavor. There are other things in the in the the that come out in the CO2 version, I think, too. Like, I think the chocolate comes out a little more in the CO2 one. And it becomes, I don't think sweeter is the right word. The perception is sweeter, though. A little bit. Even despite the carbonic acid, which is weird. And I think that's why I like it more. Out it's of got it. a yeah. little more zing on it in the yeah. CO2, I think. Yes, and exactly. Depending on my mood, sometimes I prefer the nitro, sometimes I prefer the, the CO2. What I think you've done, though, is you've taken an R, and you already sort of expressed that it was one heck of a, of a seller for you guys once and, and kind of took a, on a life of its own. You've taken something that was already incredible, and I, like I said, I think you just turned it up to eleven. You, to me, you made it more incredible. That's a smart move. I love it. Well, thank you, thank you. It was fun project, and um, it's been yeah. That's it's caused uh, quite an interesting ride. I and mean, we we've now started playing around with other stuff. We always do cask ale in the tasting room. We have two engines going on right now. One's got sawtooth on it, and one's got the good juju, the ginger ale that we do on it. So there's always two beers running on casks. So we've we've now started bottling nitro um, sawtooth and a nitro wake up dead, which is our imperial stout. Very nice. Okay, so you're going with the nitro. I see. I saw this week that you guys are looking to. Uh, are you trying to trademark nitro also? We've been pursuing that since 2011. Oh yeah. When we first uh, started rolling the bottles out, we have the obviously you can see the bottle. What's the what's the biggest word in the middle of that bottle? <laughs> nitro, nitro. Yeah. Well, in 2011, we applied for trademark, and we discovered that somebody already had the nitro trademark. Oh. So we started doing some research, and we couldn't find a mention of it anywhere on the World Wide Web. This amazing device that if we pour a beer for a half hour in our tasting room one time. It's going to pop up somewhere on the web. <laughs> right, but you couldn't so find this one. We found it a little bit hard to believe that these guys actually were making a beer called called that. So we did some research. We we found out that it was a, a guy up in Canada who's associated with, with a brewery up there, um, Steamworks in Vancouver. Yeah, we know. We've, been, we've had them on the show. And they were, uh, well... <laughs> I will be somewhat circumspect. Let me just say that all of their assurances that they were making one and they were selling one and it was in Washington, the beer never existed and they weren't registered and there was no trace of the beer. So in the end, ultimately, 
they they agreed to abandon the trademark so that we could continue our pursuit. So that happened last year, and then we we refiled, and we're working through that process now. And now, are you going to find, or have you found, it seems like one of those... Now, I'm not telling you I've seen this on a bottle before, because I haven't. But everyone talks about nitro beers and this and that. And when you go through the trademark process, we've done it too. You know, everybody's allowed to comment, and anyone's allowed to object and and file objections. Is it something you feel like you're going to get a bunch of objections about, or have you? I've gotten a lot of legal advice from people that don't seem to be practicing law. (laughs) (laughs) Right, I'm sure you have. I can put your alternator together, too. (laughs) That happens a lot, too. Uh but no, like, formal objection. Like, in other words, somebody has to be able to prove, hey, I, I already have a nitro beer. I have that label you're trying to do. In order to stop it, it has to be proven, right? Well, you know, without belaboring it too much, if you want to go on the USPTO site and do a, a trademark search, you'll see that there have been two objections filed by two of the largest breweries on the planet. Okay. Well, they've actually, they've, they haven't objected yet. They've filed to extend the opposition period. Oh, I see. What they've done. So there are no, we have seen no formal opposition yet. Yeah. We've talked to a number, you know, a number of people. Um, We've always resolved every single trademark dispute we've ever had amicably with some phone calls and some meetings over beers and figured out the best, best path forward. We have received a number of cease and desist letters from people who are, Less socially inclined to work something out amicably, I guess. But yeah, yeah, that's, that's not our style. Okay. Well, we we do the same thing with our hop grenade every single week. A lot of phone calls, a lot of saying, "Hey, just want to talk about this." If you guys don't mind talking before we send cease and desist, so I understand what you mean. And uh, good luck. I'll tell you, nitro milk stout's badass. That's all that's I have really to say. Good. That's really good. <laughs> Can you imagine though if you had trademarked the phrase "the hop grenade" before anything existed? There was no brewing network. There was no. You're just like, ah, I think maybe eventually I will have a hop grenade, <laughs> but until then, I'm sitting on it, and well, then I'm going to lie about it when somebody comes to me, right? Or mislead or misle whatever they did. Well, the interesting thing is you can't. I mean, you you would have had to present. They would have had to present something, even if it was false. They would have had to present something that said we actually use this in the marketplace. I had to. I had to prove that I'm using my hop grenade in the marketplace. How did Steamworks do that then? I have no idea. I'm just saying well, they, would have had to, they would have had to present something. Uh, clearly it was false, whatever they presented. But you're not, you're not allowed to just say, I own Scott Moskowitz, without proving that I'm using you in the marketplace. Right, yeah, that's why the whole Steamworks thing kind of con- confused me. Yeah. It gets hairy. It gets hairy. And I'm sure the left-hand guys are bored with it already. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. I think we should offer them advice. We should go around the yeah. table, <laughs> yeah. and each one of us let them know what we I think. know about Harry things. Oh, yeah. Right. This is good. None of us are attorneys. More unsolicited legal advice for you guys. I haven't passed the bar yet. So it's worth the price paid. That's awesome. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. How about this? I'd like to go back to Milk Stout itself and, and, and know a little bit more about the style and, and how to make a good one, if we could ask Roe about that. Um, now, I, I think it was Eric, you, you did mention that the... The lactose obviously has a, a big part to play in the beer. So maybe we could talk about that. And, and also, what else makes it a different uh, stout than, say, you know, a regular American stout? Well, uh, lactose certainly plays a part in making a quality sweet stout. We buy lactose by the truckload oh, yeah. um, at the moment. 
we're getting to know that market pretty well, which is pretty tied into the uh, pharmaceutical and food industry, and so it's a very volatile marketplace. What form does that does that come in, and and how how do you get it delivered to you? Uh, I I really prefer the uh, eighty mesh lactose, um, so. Uh, it dissolves really well. It's easy for our operators to handle in our, our current scenario, and uh, works pretty well for us. So it comes like a, in a bag. It's a bag. It comes in a bag, and it's like it's a powder. Yep, spray, spray dried milk sugar. Got it. Okay. Okay. We're, we're currently buying from a, a company out of Wisconsin called Milky Way. <laughs> Interesting. Which is a, a great name. Yeah, probably trademarked. Um, yeah. Nah. <laughs> I love their candy bars. And and where in the process does does that go? Do you? I mean, is this something you put in the kettle or, or, or later down the down the road? You know, for, for ease of use, we like to incorporate it in the kettle. Okay. Um, the, there are all sorts of methods of, of getting lactose in there. It's just it's something that's not metabolized by the yeast readily. And so, um, really, you could add it at the beginning of the kettle. You could add it at the end of the kettle. You could add it, you know, hot side in the whirlpool. You could add it anywhere in that process, namely simply looking for sterilization and you know dissolving of that sugar uh going into the the work have you messed around adding it in other parts of the process or have you always done it this one way uh we've always done it this one way okay but uh we're, we're looking at other ways right now one of the the main things is trying to eliminate any kettle fouling and any of the, the baking on of those sugars in the kettle so as we speed up and ramp up production that's a, a consideration I don't think you really gain anything from boiling it any longer other than uh, soil. Okay. And and other than the addition uh, of lactose, is the base beer then just a, essentially just a sweet stout? Or, or are there other uh, components that have to be added as well? You know, it, that would be a fun thing to do is to, to make a uh, dairy-free milk stout. If, if we could at some point just do a, a lactose-less version of our milk stout. It's, it's just brewed out. Fairly dry. I think our, our, our base beer is fairly dry. That lactose really uh, is the, the big sweet, creamy uh, aspect component that you, that you get in it. Yeah, it. close cousin to this beer, the oatmeal stouts and, and things like yeah. that. Um, oatmeal stouts were really big back in the 90s. Um, there were a number of them around, uh, at least in our area. That were pretty pretty tasty. Yeah. Well, the, the milk stout also sees a, a healthy uh, contribution from from flaked oats and flaked barley in the in the mash. Okay, yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at. Is some of those uh, you know the malt components that do it? Um, yes, you're looking for those complex carbohydrates that will stay soft and sweet in the in the final beer. Okay. And how about yeast? Are you looking for something neutral, you know, like the Chico yeast or, or something like that? Or do you want some uh, ester addition, uh, maybe an English yeast on this one? Yeah, this is still, you know, we, we maintain two house yeasts here. We have our lager yeast and our ale yeast, and that's primarily all we use. So the same yeast in the sawtooth is in the uh, milk stout. Okay. And a fermentation temperature on this one? Uh, that one is about 20.5 Celsius. Okay. Can you say what the finishing gravity is? Just with, I did a milk stout recently, and it's just compared to normal beers. I'm concerned about how high it is because it's, it's going to be pretty high. Yeah. Well, since since Eric is sitting right here next to me, I'd, I'd rather not give you that spec. Okay. But I, you know, <laughs> on our website, you can see the starting gravity. Yeah. And the ABV, 
okay. And uh, you should be able to determine what the uh, finishing gravity is from that. If your Pilsner finished out at that gravity, you should be gravely concerned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eric, don't you have to go take a leak or something? We got some more questions for Brett. <laughs> I gotta go get another beer. There you go. There you go. Perfect. So you're, you're pre-leaking. <laughs> All right, I do have some questions from the good folks in our chat room. Our listeners have been hanging out, listening to you guys, and uh, a few random questions. A few of them have been on the topics we've talked about. So let me let me throw these your way. Um, one of our chat members wants to know if you guys plan to do any uh, barrel age stuff. Or maybe you already are. Oh, I, I spent the day in one of those old sausage storage rooms that's um, pretty old, uh, cl- clearing out some barrel-aged beers that we've had sitting around. So we have several that we've produced, and we have several in the works right now. Um, yeah, we're, we're all over the board, but we we like to focus on the, the ESB and the Milk Stout and the Pilsner, really, okay. really balanced beers. And the monkey. And the monkey. What's the monkey? You guys might have the monkey. We, we do. Get the monkey? Yeah, I'm going to go grab it. Oh, get us the monkey. Tell us about that while Scott's <laughs> grabbing it. <laughs> I got to have the monkey. <laughs> Give it you got to have the monkey. <laughs> it, it's uh, That's a hot... Several years ago. How many years ago was that? Boston CBC. Boston CBC. Watching the Boston Red Sox play the Minnesota Twins. Sitting out in right field behind a post having a conversation with our hop supplier from Brewer Supply Group. Nice. New hop varieties that he had access to. And this one came out, Bodicea, which has a very earthy fungal element to it that uh, I hated when I first started working with it, but have grown to love. And uh, this is a beer that kind of, we were hoping would stimulate a conversation as to, to what hops can be. Um, too often, I think we, we only see hops in one light, the citrus piney cat urine elements so typical of american hops and this hop is is completely different and uh you know, hopefully you have it now roe and i were sitting we we're in the in the trade show floor and we went over there and, and and got some of this hop in our hand and started rubbing it on our hands and warming it up and it just has the craziest earthy mushroomy white cheese rindy kind of crazy aroma to it that we looked at each other and said damn this would make an interesting ipa wouldn't it because uh, so many of them have that classic citrus piney as as Ro was saying and we wanted if we were going to make an ipa in the midst of hundreds of other really really awesome ipas we wanted it to be absolutely different um 400 pound monkey why 400 pound monkey thank you for asking um it's a funny story a few years well many years ago joe our vp for brewing ops had been up in the mountains um in steamboat at one of the beer fests and he was pouring our Oktoberfest and our blackjack porter up there and he came back down and he was completely jazzed and this was back in the 90s when pale ales and ipas were just starting to get wantonly um and savagely hopped and extremely bitter and completely undrinkable. And he came down and he said, you know what? I tasted a lot of shitty beer this weekend. And um, any monkey can put 400 pounds of hops in the kettle, but they can't do what we do. <laughs> nice. And that's that name has been kind of riding in the background for many years. And when we decided to finally do an IPA, um, 
funnily enough, we we stumbled back onto that one and said, "Hey, that that'd be a kind of a kind of a funny name because it, it means something to us." And uh, you know, don't just throw as much hop hops in the kettle as you can. You have to create balance and you have to create flavors, and it has to be interesting. And this is one of the the great food beers that we brew. It has all of those crazy flavors in there that blend really nicely with a wide wide gamut of food. The Sawtooth is a great food beer because of its flexibility, but the, the Monkey's a really interesting one. You know, all of the beers, I'm glad that you brought up balance, and we've talked about it a little tonight, too. All of the beers that you've given us do have just an incredible balance. Uh, my co-host JP here is notoriously not an, a, an IPA fan. And honestly, I would be surprised, JP, if this isn't an exception to your rule. I don't know if you tried it yet, but I agree with Eric when he says it's a great food beer i think that this i think that this one has an, an incredible balance it doesn't really fall into your ipa hatred right category. it's, it's a english style mm-hmm. i think right mm-hmm. yes yeah well, uh, it's, it, i would say it's english ingredients you know english hops so we're, we're definitely going in that direction it has maybe a if you go to england you're, you're going to find very few ipas that are that that big you right know, in the sixes, right? They're yeah. they're brewing them lower, but but yeah, I mean, we definitely weren't. It's certainly not West Coast. It's not, and that's what I'm loving about it. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, and then that's really my disdain for IPAs. Is every IPA is a West Coast quote unquote IPA, where it's just here's pale malt and you know, 400 pounds of hops. This and that's is it. Not, this is neither overly bitter. Um, it's even only moderately hop forward, but it's not a pale ale. I'm not saying it's a pale ale. It's no. definitely an IPA. But uh, no, I, I I think you're right. I think that that crystal malt is is really carrying through, and it, it is it is very well balanced. Yeah, it's very well balanced. Wow. Well, you, we're we're hardcore beer drinkers, so why? And if we're brewing beer that we like, and we're hardcore beer drinkers, then it reasonably follows that we're gonna. Brew beers that are balanced that you can drink a whole lot of. Yeah, that and makes sense. It kind of informs what we do. I, I wish more people, I wish it logically came to that end with more breweries. But it <laughs> definitely is doing that with you guys. So, uh, All right, here's another question from our chat room. Um, I, look, I tell these guys I'll ask, so here you go. Uh, now that weed is legal in Colorado, any plans to brew with it? We're both sitting here shaking our heads no. <laughs> Good. I'm so glad it's, it's legal in Colorado, but not the rest of the country. So. And we uh, let, let me tell a little anecdote. All right. Twenty years ago, before we were open for brewing, um, one of our friends was talking about brewing with weed. And he said, Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. The beer tastes like shit and you ruin your stash. Yeah. 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 Uh, There's so many better uses. That's oh, really great advice. I've had some. And it's right. It, oh, that's yeah. true. Yep. It's, of course. No exceptions. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Yeah. All right. I, listen, I just passed the questions along. <laughs> uh, let's see. Will you be using weed in any of your beer? <laughs> um, it's great for memory. Here's a question about the about the water that you have access to. And you mentioned in your description of Colorado why there's a lot of breweries there that you, got, you have good water. But the specific question here is... Um, you know, kind of more about the water profile, and if you actually have to do any augmentation to it, or do you just you just use it as is? The uh, the, the closest traditional brewing center um, 
incredibly soft water here. And so it makes it very easy and, and nice to make a beer like our, our Pilsner. And we'll use a lot of uh, calcium sulfate and calcium carbonate in the uh, monkey and the sawtooth and the milk stout. Yeah, we, we certainly build up the water as needed for the other beers. Okay. So is it just kind of a standard, maybe a carbon filter and then build up for what you need per beer? Yep. 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 Okay. Good enough. It's a large carbon filter. I can live <laughs> in there with my uh, family of four. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a commercial. We talk about it all the time, but I don't think I've ever seen a commercial-grade carbon filter. It must be enormous. Yeah, they're huge. The big old tank, you know, yeah. filled with carbon. Yeah, okay. The water, the water here is all is pretty much all runoff water. I mean, it's coming off the, it's from Snow Mountain Glacier, so um, it's first use and super soft. It hasn't come out of the ground where it's been sucking up minerals. Right. Okay. All right, here's one. Now, this is a good question. This comes from one of our international listeners in the chat room. And um, it's it's, uh, wanting you to elaborate a little bit more on your business philosophy. And I think this came from the where you mentioned that you your employee owned for a good percentage of your company. So can you talk to us about that decision and and why, you know, why you decided to become kind of an employee owned company and how that relates to your business philosophy? Well, we started as a my partner and I and my wife working here. So there was a group of seven of us that owned the company back then. And as, as you survive all kinds of stupid decisions and, and grow your company and bring more and more people on board. I mean, there's people that work here that started for minimum wage and we've thrown our, all of our, our efforts and passion into, into growing company over 20 years. And the, the more you grow, the more hands that are necessary to, to handle all of the work and the more contribution that everyone's giving, the most important asset, in our opinion, that we have is our people. And this, this, this willingness and ethically okay with, uh, with a lot of people of just building something and completely fucking everyone that works there by selling out and walking away rich is a load of shit. And uh, sorry um, to be so blunt about it, but that's like really, the way I, really the way I feel about it. Okay. We've, we've, we've done something here that's really special. I moved all over the world and f- finally settled in a, in, a, in a hometown that I love in Longmont. And it's a great town, and we've been able to participate in the community and make a difference here. And we're now up to 90 employees, and everyone plays a role in, in what we do. We have a saying here called one team. Everybody that works here, doesn't matter what you do, we make and sell beer. That's what we do. And everybody that, that does anything, Mark that's sitting in here with us during this interview, he runs accounting and admin, and he's a home brewer. We always ask beer questions if I'm hiring a, an HVAC tech or I'm hiring, you know, it doesn't matter what the job is. I want to talk about beer. And we want people that are here on that mission. So why why would you not want your people to all align their own best interests, their self-interest with the best interests of the company? It seems foolish to me to not want that especially on our scale where it's completely conceivable. Wow. You, t- you turn the question around on you, Jay. Why wouldn't you want that? <laughs> what do that? you think? Why don't you want that? 
Because my employees are assholes. <laughs> That's a good speech. You should sell the company, get rich, and live. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> right. The problem is there's no offer. Exactly. Right. They're so waiting for that offer. Yeah. Uh, all right. Then we'll talk. Good answer. Hey, good uh, answer. Yeah, thanks to Mark, by the way. You said he's sitting in there. Mark uh, turned me on to these guys. I'd had their beer before, but... Uh, Mark's a listener to the show, and uh, he sent us all this great beer and said, uh, you got to talk to my my peeps here. Good. Thanks, Mark. Those thanks are well-placed because he was haranguing us that we had to, <laughs> we had to come on to the show. He's, he's an assiduous listener. Oh, I love it. Well, now that you've done it, please don't hold it against him. Right. Yeah. It's not his fault. <laughs> uh, all right. Before we run out of time, I do have to ask about... Uh, kind of a disaster you guys had recently with the flooding there and uh you mentioned a little bit earlier that the the river that you guys are located right along flooded in, in something what was it like a 500 year storm and uh yeah, you're holding like that you guys sustained some pretty serious damage didn't you we had a fair amount of damage and uh we were scared out of our wits mm. because the river this river that runs normally this time of year 30 or 40 cfs was if, if that was running, the the most recent estimates I heard from a credible source are between twenty seven and thirty thousand cfs. <laughs> so the entire valley that our industrial area here in Longmont sits in was completely full of water. There was in places it was over a mile wide river. Wow! And we sit literally from where I'm sitting right now. I could throw. Not that I would a beer bottle and <laughs> land it in the river. Boy. The last time he did that was like late nineties. He's, he's well past. You're well that. over there. You've grown up. Doing now. It, but I bet I did it. <laughs> right. So how and, much um, water was in so the brewery? It, it just came up and and just wiped out all kinds of stuff all around us. Luckily, we're kind of situated where it completely surrounded us, destroyed our outbuildings, destroyed our lab, destroyed our fences, left mud. Just about everywhere you can imagine, and fish everywhere. But um, we didn't take any major flooding inside any of our principal buildings, which uh, was pretty much miraculous. Many people were complimenting us on the use of a some kind of karmic force field. Um, they attributed it to all the fundraising and stuff that we've done for the community over the years. It's like you guys have done so much good work that that's the only reason you're not completely <laughs> shut down. You had a lot of karma in the bank, huh? Yeah. yeah. We used it all up, I think. Yeah. Well, it, luckily you got another 500 years before you needed it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It takes a lot, evidently. Well, hopefully not this spring when a big thunderstorm hits because the river is completely jacked up. Oh. They're working on all kinds of plans to keep it in its banks as much as possible. It rerouted in multiple places. It went into areas and flooded that weren't even in the floodplain. Wow. So it was it was a pretty surreal event standing on a roof about a half a mile north of here overseeing a vast expanse of water that's normally just dry land and trying to process it where you know what you're seeing but it's hard to believe. Yeah, that would definitely scare the crap out of me. That's that's pretty serious stuff. Have any of these yeah. have any of these changes of the river messed with your day-to-day operations at all? Not since the flood. I mean, for two weeks we were living in a what smelled kind of like a, you know, a cattle yard or something. And then we had another four or five weeks where it was all dry, and we just lived in what we called a cloud of poo dust. Because <laughs> right. there was just mud everywhere, absolutely uh, mud everywhere. You went to the fish concert too, huh? That's not. Right. <laughs> yeah, and we we were evacuated for four days. Um, 
you just couldn't even get in here. You couldn't cross the city because the river cut cut the whole city in half. So we were sitting up in coffee shops and up in the in restaurants planning the Oktoberfest that we run that was already planned and turn that into a huge it's already a fundraiser but it turned into a huge flood relief fundraiser so we funneled about seventy thousand dollars in a party that the town desperately needed yeah after this and put about 70 grand into our our left-hand brewing foundation and pumped that all back into agencies that had been involved directly in in flood relief efforts wow so it, it was it was a really scary time. It brought the community together in a in a really cool way, and with highly unfortunate circumstances. But it was it 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 really brought the community together. It's going to be years before everything's back to hold. They had a huge um, bunch of equipment out on the river today, pulling up huge slabs of what was the greenway, a big bike path, walking path that runs right next to the brewery. And they're piling it all up to get it out of the way so they can put a temporary path back in there because it's just completely decimated over there. Wow. Did you shut down brewing operations in advance or or bung up the fermenters and hope for the best? Or how did you you do any prep for it? I I was actually one of the, well, I was the, the last one out of our building and, uh, I had to go through. We, we have a lot of air actuated valves that control our firm, fermenters. And so our 480 barrel tanks, we had two active fermentations going on. If I left those closed with no power or air to uh, open the valves, those tanks would have been uh, blowing off and uh, making a huge mess and potentially, you know, get, get ruined. So I, I physically had to uh, pull the, the air tops off of those valves, set them, and then uh, ran out of the building across the street being yelled at by Eric to uh, get out of here as the water's starting to break. And, and <laughs> right. I believe I was more emphatic than that. <laughs> yeah. we, we were using malt bags to, to block the doors. And you know, I think out of the, the whole ordeal, we probably put 40 bags of malt around our building. And we threw away maybe three or four because they got water damage from, from moisture dripping off the roof. Okay. There was... Literally eight, eight inches from those malt bags is where the water line came up to. Wow. So we were yeah. extremely fortunate. Absolutely. And by the way, you know, he might have been yelling at you to get out, but he was kissing you afterward <laughs> oh, for, yeah. for saving those tanks. <laughs> All around your back. I'm sure yeah. you don't even have to answer the question, Eric. I know that you know, there was kissing involved. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't want to talk about that, but, you know, all in love of beer. We only lost one batch of beer because of, of our cooling being down and just the fermentation got away. And we got back in here, and the beer was obviously autolyzed, so mm. we dumped it and got you know got going right again on that one. Well, look, I guess after all that, that you, you can't even shake a stick at that. That's the least of your worries, I think. At no, that we, point, I sent you that one photo that showed about seven eighths of an inch between the grain line, the scum line, um, to the top of the loading dock. Yes, posting right, that to our live right stream. behind that that line is where our our brew house, our keg line. Our, um, some of our cellar and our bottling lines. Wow. That's uh, how close it got. All right. We'll get that up on our live stream page. Uh, once again, that's brewingnetwork.com slash TV. You can see it over there. And, uh, well, I'm glad, <laughs> so glad to hear that you guys made it out like that. Uh, unfortunately, not everybody did, but good job raising some cash for people to get back on track over there. Yeah, our neighbors down the street all got hammered. Um, I need to mention something or I'm going to be in big trouble. Yeah. This weekend, Saturday... Hops and Handrails 
at left hand, we have 37 Colorado breweries coming out. We have a, a huge ramp that'll be set up for for uh, snowboarders or knuckle draggers, as you prefer. Um, <laughs> rails, cars. Last year there was a car buried in the snow, so it'll be um, a, a snowboard contest, a beer fest, a fundraiser, and a lot of fun here, right um, on the north side of Boston Avenue, across from the main main brewery building. Excellent. Folks, you can go to lefthandbrewing.com. It's lefthandbrewing.com. There's an events page. I'm sure there's information about what they're talking about there. Plus, you can look up all their different beers that we've been talking about uh, and, and a lot that we haven't talked about, a lot of seasonal beers. You guys actually have a uh, a lot of different brands of beer that you do, which is good to see. I mean, like yeah. you said, you're beer lovers first, so I'm not surprised. We, we've been sitting here drinking a keg, uh, some glasses of... 2012 smoke jumper since we just released the 2014 smoke jumper yesterday we we thought we would uh we'd drink the old one excellent you got big plans a uh, craft brewers conference is is in your state in just a couple weeks we'll be uh hosting visitors from all over the country and all over the world um showing them what we do and hopefully going down and comparing notes and learning from all of our brethren good well, you've you've revitalized my fanhood of you guys. I haven't had your beers since they're not in California. Since I had that uh, milk stout at OBF, gosh, it was right after we started this company, so it was right around 2006. Um, but everything you sent us was really wonderful. So I'll be in Colorado uh, during CBC. I can't wait to get some more. And uh, thanks for your time, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and if you want to come, if you're going to be swinging by the brewery, let us know. We'd be happy to show you around. Ah, I'd love to see the place. That'd be great. Um, Go check them out, folks. Lefthandbrewing.com. They're in 26 states, and there's a finder right there on their on their website. So if you want to know if they're near you, and let me reiterate, get that damned Pilsner in your in your glass <laughs> and the milk stout and, and the yes. English IPA yeah. and the sawtooth. It's all pretty damn good. There it is. It's Eric Wallace and Roe Gunzel uh, from Left Hand Brewing Company. Thanks again, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us on. All right. Cheers. Cheers. There you go. Good dudes. Good and, beer. Uh, sounds like a fun place to uh, work, for one. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And to go hang out at. But uh, Well, when you're not getting pounded by the local river, <laughs> it's a good place to work. <laughs> exactly. You know, you know you, what he brought up, which I often don't, you know, you see floods on TV and you, you think about the water damage. But did you hear him mention that there was fish everywhere? Yes. And I know that sound, maybe that's obvious to everybody else, but I don't ever think about that. Like when the water subsides, it's not just water damage, it's a bunch of die, a dead fish. Imagine a crew of guys on the loading bay just picking up fish two-handed and Uh, hurling them off the loading bay. Yeah. Just all day. That's gnarly. Yeah. And I don't even, like live fish stink. Never mind a bunch of dead fish all over your thing. What kind of live fish are you catching, man? <laughs> they generally don't really have they a smell. smell like fish. They do? Fish. Yes. Yeah. You yeah, smell like touching water. your hands smell like fish. Yeah. That's well, only I mean. after a while. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. seems like it's a, just a waste of money, really. I mean, because I'll, I'll think about all the homeless people who could have eaten <laughs> off of that fish. Yeah. And if only they had thrown it away. Except that it was there rotting for four yeah. days before they were allowed back in. If it you were aging. homeless, would you... Uh, uh, so it's not sushi. Big deal. Yeah. Where do they put their refrigerator? They're homeless. <laughs> Anywhere they want. Good question. It's dry aged. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Yeah, they used to salt uh, fish. It's a delicacy. They? Yeah, yeah they salt. Did. Salt Back and dry aged. Yeah. Uh, I was just thinking about that. It's not just the mud, 
It's yeah. dead things. <laughs> it's the dead, dead thing. thing. Like fish. I mean, if it was the Martinez River, it wouldn't be dead fish. It would be dead bodies. Yeah. But well, and rusty car parts. Yeah. Yeah, there might be some tadpoles. There might be a few. Maybe a duck or two. All right. Go to lefthandbrewing.com and check them out. And, you know, we uh, mentioned some of the uh, legal issues and, and trademark things going on. So let me just let you know right now, uh, they mentioned getting a bunch of bad advice. If you want some good advice... Uh, although I'm sure, I'm sure their lawyers are giving them good advice. It's bad advice from people like me who are like, you know what you ought to do. <laughs> I read this on the internet, and here's a three part system you let can me, do. Let me tell you about nitro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, don't take my advice or anybody else's. Go to beerlawcenter.com and talk to our friend John over there. John's done a great job protecting the hop grenade, which is no easy task sometimes. I mean, people out there are well, they're insane for one. It's true. Uh, they're naive. And uh, they also tend to have more money than the Brewing Network does. Yet, John has been able to protect protect our hop grenade each step of the way. Go to BeerLawCenter.com and check it out. If you're starting a company, get started early. Don't wait to trademark your things until after uh, it's already been stolen. You know, get, get started right away. BeerLawCenter.com. John will help you out, I guarantee. All right. How about this? Let's take ourselves a quick break. Maybe find some more uh, left-hand beer to put in our glass. I know they sent a bunch. Yeah. Who's our listener who helped us out? Uh, that is Mark. Mark Bowman. Mark, thanks again, brother. Great. Uh, your, your dudes are great dudes, so thanks for sending them this way. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Brewcasters, the Brewcasters. on The Brewing Network. Alright, BN Army, it's trivia time. What's the only homebrew shop with over 1,000 recipe kits? $4.99 shipping on orders over 100 bucks, and is also home of the Wolf Shirt. The one and only answer is Austin Homebrew Supply. For over 20 years, they've specialized in creating recipes such as the best-selling Texas Blonde Ale, Apocalypso, Hot Bomb 2.0, and Double Chocolate Stout. And they just recently unveiled their small grain kits that produce one gallon of beer. Visit Austin Homebrew homebrew.com to browse their extensive catalog of equipment and ingredients. They also have many clone recipes of your favorite commercial beers. They're the exclusive retailer of Brew Vent Yeast Fuel as well, Yeast Nutrient, and the all-new Bodybuilder. Follow Austin Homebrew Supply on Google Plus to participate in video hangouts on popular brewing topics. So visit austinhomebrew.com today and make sure you sign up for their weekly email with news and specials. Austin Homebrew Supply, austinhomebrew.com. As a brewer, you already don't settle for second best. You want great-tasting beer, and you want great equipment to make it with. So don't settle for the second-best grain mill. You want a Monster Mill from Monster Brewing Hardware. Monster Mills are tough, come in two- and three-roller designs, and are made right here in the USA from superior materials for longer-lasting performance. Pick the mill that's right for you at MonsterBrewingHardware.com and take Bevo's advice. Trust me, it's always better to have a bigger tool than you think you need. (laughs) Monster Mills have the best warranty in the business. Your satisfaction is guaranteed. Visit MonsterBrewingHardware.com now and check out all the mills and mill accessories. Don't settle for second best. Get a Monster Mill from Monster Brewing Hardware. 
Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs, and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star Treatment today. Tonight is the night. We bring the creature to life, Dr. Blitzenstein. Yes, J.P. Gore. Everything is perfect for my next fermented creation. My daughter, the storm is too far away. We'll never have enough power to isomerize the creature's alpha acids. <laughs> yes, J.P. Gore. We will. For I have in my possession the Tower of Power. Glickman's new Tower of Power is the evolution of automation. Control hot liquor, sparge, and mash temps like a pro. The Tower of Power is a high-quality gas-fired rim system that works with your current brewing setup. With ultra-precision, the tower can hold your mash to one-half of a degree Fahrenheit. Precision and repeatability. The Tower of Power is the answer to automatic, fast ramp times. See more at BlickmanEngineering.com. Bring your next creation to life with the Tower of Power. Dr. Glickman's with the Tower of Power, you can probably give me an afternoon at the pub to Enjoy a paint? Don't be silly, JP Gore. We have beer to brew. Adventures in Homebrewing have the knowledge and expertise to craft their own gear and original recipes. Some of the things Homebrewing.org creates and manufactures in-house are the Brutus brew stands and propane burners, the serial killer adjustable two-roller grain mill with seven-pound hopper, custom stainless steel false bottoms designed to fit kegels, coolers, and mini-sized brew pots. Visit Adventures in Homebrewing at the National Homebrewers Conference this June in their home state of Michigan to see more Homebrewing.org creations. The Brewers at Adventures in Homebrewing have designed a huge selection of original recipes for extract and all-grain brewing. Adventures in Homebrewing original recipes are tried and tested, proven to be of the best quality. And right now, Adventures in Homebrewing is shipping 24 of their best recipes for free. Visit homebrewing.org for the most current selection. Once you try one of Adventures in Homebrewing recipes, you'll keep coming back for more. And now, it's even easier with free shipping on these kits. And don't forget to use the current coupon code AIH10. Adventures in Homebrewing at Homebrewing. Mix me your 100 grain amber recipe and I'm going to eat it. And then it can ferment in my gut. It totally works. The beer is almost identical to the grain sandwich. Your colon won't know what hit it. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. Eight 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 four zero one beer. This is the session. All right. Well. 
welcome back to the program, and thanks so much for sticking with us. Thanks to Left Hand uh, Brewing Company for um, sticking with us uh, and coming on the show too, talking beer and sending us some some good beer too. It really is damn good beer. I, I, if they were distributed in California, they I think they'd go into my regular rotation. I'd be drinking it. It's a small rotation Absolutely. to be hot. Like you guys hear me talk about it. Like it's what is it? It's Drakes and 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 Firestone and Lagunitas and and Drakes. It's uh, Drakes <laughs> again. Yeah. And, uh, and Firestone. Firestone's on there yeah. for well, sure. Well, Faction. The only reason Faction's not in the regular rotation is I can't buy it on the shelf. I mean, like oh, to buy in the six pack. Yeah, and six pack. I'm telling you, left hand would go right into no, that. would be great into that rotation. Yeah. So um, I'd be drinking that Pilsner in that stop for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> back to the show, Justin. Yeah. Like Justin's eyes are rolling back in his head. <laughs> All right, we got a few things to do today. Beardy brought us some cider too, which I think we're going to get to try a little bit later. I don't know if you know that, but Beardy is—he's like Mister Cider. <laughs> is it any good? It's his other name. Do we have well, to drink it. We'll, we'll see. I haven't I'm, tasted it yet. I'm told it's good. You know more than I do. Yeah. Warren's a piece of garbage. By the way, <laughs> I just wanted to let everybody know that. All right, why don't we do Home Brewer of the Week? That's what we're doing right now. Our good friends over at Logic. It's time for your close-up. Now, the BN Home Brewer Spotlight, brought to you by Logic. Yes, indeed. Our friends at uh, Logic, Inc. are back, and uh, that is thanks to your support of them and their fantabulous cleaners. So make sure you go uh, continue checking them out at EcologicCleansers.com and use the uh, non-toxic, biodegradable, non-corrosive, best cleaning uh, products on the market. God darn it. Yeah. Gosh dang it. That's who. All right. We've got Josh is our homebrewer spotlight today. Josh, how are you, brother? I'm doing great. It's great to be on the show. Thanks for being on, man. Uh, uh, really, it's my pleasure. I'm glad you're you on. I'm glad that you. Oh, you have. Thank you for listening. Um, I'm glad this is a radio show because I see your picture in in your profile. <laughs> oh, that's that's very nice. <laughs> I think it just means you're too handsome to focus on. Well, he does look like a handsomer JP. What? Where? <laughs> Is look that at, possible? Look, he looks like well, a handsome... There's a backhanded compliment. <laughs> <laughs> if if yes. you ever heard one. <laughs> you ever seen the cover for that movie, The Hills Have Eyes? He <laughs> <laughs> looks like that guy. Hellraiser? Uh, oh, I've seen him. I, you spoke at Philadelphia, right? At the I did, yeah. yeah. I, yeah said, I was uh, I said very hi. lucky to be able to present there. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Josh didn't even uh, nominate himself. A listener named Michael Patton nominated Josh, so thanks, Michael. There we go. Mm-hmm. He's Josh Weikert. Uh, where are you from, Josh? Uh, I live right outside of Philadelphia, PA. Okay. And uh, you're the president of a homebrew club out there. I am. The Stony Creek Homebrewers. We're a small club out in the suburbs and uh, uh, a small but very successful club. We've had a lot of a lot of good beer over the years. How small is small? Uh, 25 or 30 members, give or take. Just my wife and I. <laughs> <laughs> she nominated me president last year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it sounds real small, but the good news is after every meeting, we all have sex. So it's fun. <laughs> Yeah. Join our club, have sex. <laughs> That's like swingers, not brewers. Uh, sorry. You know. That's fine. I'm not sorry. Twenty five's not bad actually, twenty five especially is it it's pretty would you, good. Would you say twenty five active members in your club? Uh yeah, probably pretty pretty much all of our members are active. We have a few that kind of drift in and out, but uh for the most part, uh you know, I mean the more people brew, the more they're gonna be involved in a club and most of our guys brew and gals brew at least uh once or twice a month. Yeah. We're very lucky in that. This is like uh, Drew Beecham's better spoken cousin. 
Yeah? <laughs> you think he sounds the like same, Drew? Yeah. I think he sounds exactly like Drew. He does sound like him. This is better spoken <laughs> <Yeah>. cousin. <laughs> you, you should write a book. How much better? <laughs> yeah. Called uh, Really Everything You Need to Know About Cider. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> <laughs> but could never understand. <laughs> Uh, you're also a BJCP master judge, and I'm, I'm not. Wow. I don't want to gloss over that because that's that's actually kind of a big deal. I, 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 okay, if you say so. It, uh. it is. Tell <laughs> Tell me how one becomes a master judge, so that our listeners understand what I'm saying. Honestly, I it, it was it was mostly beginner's luck. Uh, I took my first exam, and uh, I I had a. 92 on the written the first time out and my tasting score was mediocre at best but uh, okay but i i honestly i they i had just been uh, elected the president of our club and i thought well i should at least be a, a judge so i took the exam just trying to get you know just any kind of passing score because because uh, i had heard some real horror stories but uh they just asked me the right questions and uh, it turned out pretty well so i just got my tasting score up and uh you know there it is I thought you have to also then kind of judge quite a bit to get yeah, the point. Yeah, there's a lot of experience that goes into that, too. But uh, luckily in this area, we have, God, must be a d- dozen large competitions a year that need lots of judging. So uh, okay. you, know, you rack up points pretty quick in this area. But that's kind of what I mean. Like, even if you score well in the, t- the test, they don't then just hand you a master judge certificate. You have to rack yeah. up the, the judging experience. Yeah, that was a, that was a journey of uh, several years of okay. a lot of active judging. Yeah. So. And that's important stuff, and there, I think it's it's a big deal because, for one, it, it does show that you have the experience, but honestly, I think it's a big deal because it, it's you contributing back to the community. I mean, the, the, we really need judges everywhere. Yeah, and and all the sort of uh, you know longer term, more experienced judges I know are they, we, we, that's how we we talk about it. We're happy to do it, um, and uh, I'm a big believer in in getting people to enter competitions. It's the best way to ensure that you're not uh, you know either beating yourself up too much over really minor flaws or praising yourself too much for beer that could use some help. Right, it's a, a good object objective feedback. Yeah, I just what I do is I just beat Nathan Smith in a in a Brewing Network beer competition, and uh, I feel like it validates. I feel like it validates me. Yeah. Hey, whatever keeps you going in the morning, huh? <laughs> something has to. That's right. Uh, and you're also the reigning Eastern Pennsylvania Homebrewer of the Year. I am. Yeah, yeah. And, what does that uh, entail? How do you how do you get to be that? We uh, we. Uh, started this a few years back to try to encourage people to enter sort of more competitions not just their own clubs competitions. so we basically picked sort of the four larger uh, competitions in the region uh and these are competitions with you know somewhere between you know 400 and up, up over a thousand entries each uh and four competitions and essentially uh, whoever accrues sort of the most points um during the course of those four competitions and you get points by placing uh beers we take your top four finishing beers and uh, whoever ends the year with the most points gets a, a really really handsome some uh, cup that looks way more impressive than what it actually represents <laughs> but uh it, it's it's completely uh, uh uh it 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 takes a lot of effort it takes a lot of beer to do that yeah so, a lot of competitions a lot of points it sounds like yeah yeah as uh have you have you won consecutive years or you're just this- i did i won in back-to-back years uh wow. and uh, we've only been doing this for five years but i was the the first person to ever do that got some good competition this year though i was okay. very happy to see that after our, we've we're, we're we're through one leg out of four and um in second place right now but in previous years where where we have only had two or three guys really competing for it now we have i think eight or nine within like three points of the lead so it's it's great that makes it fun absolutely talk to us when you've won three in a row 
<laughs> then it's a dynasty. That's right. Oh, we're a dynasty, right? That's right. Nice. How do you, when you self-evaluate your beers and then you enter them to competitions, do you ever get upset with what lesser judges have to say about your beer? <laughs> That's a good Not question. Usually, no. <laughs> I, I, would be I recognize that uh, you know, judging beer is, is partly subjective, and it's, it's more art than science in a lot of cases, and any given bottle could have a bad day or a really good day. I, 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 I figure that if you submit 10 beers that are sort of good quality beers, then uh, somewhere around half will, you know, will do well in competition. And the other half, you know, maybe it wasn't their day. And sometimes you just get beat out by a really good flight, and that's part of it, too. And then there's nothing wrong with that. Hell, that's what we want. But there has been a time where you kind of, like, you knew the beer, and you got your score sheet back, and you went, oh, fuck that. Get out of here. <laughs> right? Come on. Yeah, like when I had a robust porter that was uh, too dark when the sun <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. It's always the dark beers, man. It's always Someone always thinks they know more than they do. It's too dark. Yeah. If I were you, I would lower the amount of roasted barley in this recipe. There's no roasted barley in it. Yeah. Get out of here. Uh, yeah, hold it to a Klieg light, I guess, and just say, no, I can see through that bastard. <laughs> I see, I'm that judge, I think. Because I'm like, well, i got to figure out something to say. I don't know shit about this beer. I think it's too dark. <laughs> what a lot of judges don't realize is you're not looking for flaws. Right. You're just comparing no. it to the style. And a lot of judges don't do though they don't, they don't understand that. They go, well, I'm going to pick this fucker apart. Okay. Uh, going fault hunting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense when you so put it that way, So you're always going to find JP. something like that. You're always going to find a fault with it. Yeah, but that's not what you're there to do. Okay. Right. That oh, makes no. sense. All right. What's your day job? What do you do when you're not brewing? Oh, I do. I'm, the, a, oh, I'm a political guy. science professor, so I've got all kinds of time. Uh, hence all the beer I get to brew and enter in competitions. <laughs> like, a, like a college professor? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And do you have to publish as a, as a professor? You don't have to, okay. uh, but uh, you know the the research is is part of the fun of it, really. Uh, you know, I love teaching too. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I, I do enjoy doing research and uh, do more presenting than publishing. Publishing gets very sort of political, and you have to write the right kinds of articles to get somebody's attention. But uh, presentations, you just give them sort of a two hundred word summary of what you want to say, and they just say, "Yeah, that sounds interesting." Nice. Which university? Uh, Villanova University, primarily, and uh, also at, down at Westchester University near us. Oh. Villanova. My boys yeah, have had to play Villanova had, every now and then. <laughs> yeah, you guys yeah, did have a rough weekend. That's too bad. I, I can't contribute to that portion of the conversation. I, think, I can't I think contribute much. Up. To be Sports. honest, I haven't been able to follow too much this time, but I know that uh, Villanova is always a tough one. I thought uh, he was making that up. I have no except idea. for now. Yeah. You ever make so. like a, a homebrewing analogy to your class, you know, as it pertains to uh, poli Frequently, sci? yes. Yeah? yeah? Can you give me an example yeah. of one? Uh, sure. When we talk about interest groups, I get to bring up trade groups like the American Homebrewers Association and the Brewers Association and how these are really you know, groups that are looking to influence government on behalf of their membership. And I just right. use those as convenient examples. Oh, that's perfect. Because you're like, hey, remember when you guys got drunk last night? <laughs> that's not <laughs> what these trade associations are about. <laughs> All right. Sometimes. What kind of system are you brewing on and how long uh, you been doing it? I've been doing it for seven years. Uh, my brother-in-law, uh, Stan, clued me in on this, and uh, I don't know why he was keeping it a secret, but apparently he'd been brewing for a decade, and I had no idea. Wow. And uh, that just blew my mind, and that sort of coincided with uh, one beer that I really loved that was gonna, no longer going to be available in the States, and I thought, hey, maybe I can brew this for myself. Uh, and so that's how I got started, and uh, I started like a lot of people, just with you know extract on the stovetop, but uh, eventually I uh, converted to uh, an induction-based system, which is what I talked about at the conference. 
And uh, I, I ne- never looked back. I think it's the absolute perfect way to boil anything, much less. Uh, much what less is beer. it? What is an induction-based system? An induction element works essentially by creating uh, intersecting magnetic waves. And uh, what they do is they interact with the metal in the pot, in the kettle itself, and it heats up the pot because it creates friction in the steel in, at the molecular level. And it's literally the pot that's getting hot, not the burner. Wow. So it's uh, wild. It seems like magic the first time you see it. Yeah. Uh, it seems like you couldn't possibly boil anything. But uh, the great part about it is that at the five-gallon volume, it, an 1,800-watt element, which just plugs into a normal uh, wall outlet, is enough to boil five gallons of word, but only like just to a boil so when i when i'm coming up to boil i i've literally never had a boil over on this system i can start it and just walk away because there's no risk of boil over there's no open flames there's no hot elements there's really nothing i like that so in addition to being a fairly quick way to boil anything uh it, it buys you more time because you don't have to sit there and babysit it that's kind of awesome actually so oh, yeah. is this uh, like a <laughs> microwave, fact, uh, basically? Uh, folks who want to read more about it, uh, just published an article in BYO this month uh, on that very topic. And uh, while, I'm, while I'm on, let me thank uh, Betsy and the guys over at BYO that let me do that. See, I think he's just making a bunch of shit up. You don't think, you don't think it's possible? <laughs> but no, Villanova, that's, a, that's not fucking that. real. Induction? But no, come on. Get out of here. This guy's a sham. That's from he's Harry Potter. snake oil salesman. Actually, um, you realize Villanova is like a really good school, right? No, that's what, like Beardy just said. It's one of the houses in, in Harry uh, Potter. In Harry oh, Potter. It's pronounced Villanova. Right. <laughs> Only in Southern California is it pronounced Villanova. Now, so Tasty asked a good question. Is, is this essentially a microwave? It's different than that, right? Yeah, no, it, it looks just like a normal, uh, like a hot plate. Um and uh, I, I, I wish I knew. I wish I was more of a scientist. I don't. That's not really my area uh, to explain sort of the difference between that and uh, between in, inducing an electric current and the heat that that produces versus uh, microwaves and everything else. But uh, uh, they're fantastic. They're cheap to operate. They're they're dead quiet. And you uh, and you so buy it, or you did you build it, or you you can just buy this no, thing? You can buy these restaurants use these uh, all the time as oh. uh, sort of supplemental burners, so we can find them at sort of the full power output from a, for a standard ball out, which is 1,800 watts, and that's enough to boil five gallons, and I've sort of talked people through 3,000-watt uh, systems to boil larger volumes, wow. um, and I, I've never done it myself, but I've heard them say that uh, they can boil seven, eight gallons worth of work, uh, up to 11 to 12 gallons worth of work. What do you Those do for take a bigger, What do you uh, do for mashing? Do you use the same thing to heat your hot liquor? Uh, I do. I do. Uh, I use a Coleman uh, cooler for a mash ton, but uh, I've seen folks do brew in a bag with this. Uh, some of the more advanced elements that you can get, you can dial in the wattage pretty specifically to sort of match a certain heat level, and you can sort of mash right there in the in the vessel. Um, but uh, I, I've always liked being able to just dump a bunch of water in a cooler and leave sure. it alone for an hour. I guess I ask about mashing too, though, is because it sounds like there's no like hot spot on the bottom if you're oh, heating yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, no scorching. Uh, you do have sort of a sort of a center locus of heat, uh, but it, it doesn't. It, it's it's not nearly as intense as you get from uh, from like a propane burner. Got it. Okay. And uh, you're you're only doing five gallons at a time yourself. I do. Yeah, actually, I do. I, I do a hair under five gallons because I I have a five gallon pot, and uh, I fill that. It, that's again the real nice thing about induction. I can fill that thing. I'm not kidding. That son of a bitch to like half an inch below the lip, and it will not boil over at all. Wow. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, mine's like so. I have like the tall, thin kettles. Yep. 
And I do the same thing. I want my volume way up there, so I'm I'm going up there. But it's a dance. It's like a little ballet oh, yeah. that I have to do to keep it <laughs> from blowing. And and that ballet includes me blowing on things and squirting water and turning a little dial. It's a whole mess. And boiling over. And boiling over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are there any disadvantages to the induction? Not many. Uh, it, it does limit you a little bit in terms of pot geometry. Uh, you want sort of the, the tall and thin, the soup can rather than the tuna can. Because uh, okay. it does tend to focus the heat kind of towards the middle. And if you're losing too much to the outside, you can have trouble maintaining a boil. Um, the other disadvantage, if you want to call it that, is that a lot of people get this to be able to brew inside. And uh, you might have uh, you know a little bit of a steam condensation issue, although I've, I've never run into that personally. Because the evaporation rate is so low. Because it's not a super intense boil. Yeah. Um, I, and you may need to get some new equipment because pots need to be um, uh, they need to be ferro-reactive. They need to be essentially react to magnetic waves. Uh, so you need a certain amount of a certain type of steel. But uh, like I said, most pots. My pot is a uh, a, a I, I can't remember the store brand at Target, but whatever that is, it's just a five gallon pot from Target that I spent forty dollars on. Okay. Uh, since you just take your kettle, whatever you're brewing on, slap a magnet to the bottom of it. If it holds, then it'll be fine. I like to hear our homebrewer of the week, who apparently is a badass. In, at, he's the he's the uh, homebrewer of the year in Pennsylvania. He's the president of his club, and he's like, "Yeah, no, I just got my kettle at Target, dude. Just <laughs> yeah. fucking brew oh, in yeah. a kettle. It doesn't matter. Five gallons. Just brew Absolutely. in a kettle. It's fine." When people ask me about brewing. I tell them, "Make sure you're first of all, don't overcomplicate this. I mean, I know we all like to you know be geeky with it, sure, but at the same time, I, I can't tell you many brewers I know who assume that I have this sort of elaborate you know laboratory at my house that I'm just you know all this." specialized equipment it's it, it, it's not that tough yeah uh, you know do the do the big stuff right and uh if you want to spend time on the little stuff then that's fine too but i've seen people you know spend 10 minutes telling me about the you know custom and proprietary blend of brewing salts they add to their water and then i watch them you know stir their chilled uh you know beer with a, like a rusty spoon uh, you know, <laughs> right. do, do the simple stuff right and the rest will kind of take care of itself yeah, I was in my garage yesterday uh, uh, checking on my Schwartz beer, and I'm look. You know, I have the I have the more beer ultimate conical, you know, like twelve gallon. I got my fifteen fifty sitting outside. I have all this stuff, and I I kind of looked at myself and I was like, "You're a fucking douchebag." <laughs> <laughs> like you you haven't brewed on this since before this time since last July, and I literally I was like, "You're a douchebag." You like, have this wonderful brewing equipment, and you have. This is the first time you brewed since July, and the one you brewed in July wasn't oh. very good. <laughs> I mean, in my defense, I did brew two. I once in June, you know, one in June and one in July. Good. I think back to back ish. One of them was decent. Oh, no, the get a job. That yeah, was that good. was good. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're and right. And then, but then it's been sitting there, and Bro. then I just brewed the Schwartz beer on it, and I'm and I'm listen, and I'm just saying, I'm sort of agreeing that anybody right. can brew on anything. Right. And here is me that has all of the magical things you could want to brew on, and it doesn't. You're matter. like the guy in the lifted <laughs> trucks with the mud tires who never goes off road. Who never goes off road, <laughs> right. and that it doesn't. Now I do. I love my stuff. Don't get me wrong. I like being able to dial in my my conical the temperature wise and. I think more more beer does a great job. I just more felt like, like if my stuff were uh, were in Josh's garage, yeah. <laughs> he would be homebrewer of the universe. Is what I feel like, not just homebrewer of the of Pennsylvania. That's what I feel like. So I felt like a douchebag for five minutes, and then I was like, "Yeah, I am. That's my shit. Yeah, <laughs> I can use it or not use it. Or I don't care. Even, I don't even give a care. It's America. I'll do what I want." Did you enter beers into the uh, competi- national competition this year, Josh? 
Uh, this year, yeah. 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 I, like everyone else, I, I entered a whopping four. Four? Uh, that's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you got selected for all four, so that's good. Well, I, I, was, I was going for six. Oh, I see. So, okay. Yeah. All right. right. I'll, I'll take my four and be happy. What do you think about <laughs> it? Do you feel like it levels the, the playing field for something like Ninkasi? It does. Uh, some people might say it uh, levels it a little too much. Although, again, we didn't have that issue last year when actually uh, one of our local guys, when Dave Barber uh, won, he had uh, you know had a, had a clear win with you know two goals in the second round there. So yeah, and you know I, I, it, it certainly can be done uh, that you can have a you know an outright winner. Um, I, I just wonder if it doesn't, you know, create this sort of a sense of false scarcity, uh, and I think that's actually driving people to enter, you know, as much beer as they possibly can because they're afraid they'll never get to do it again. I see. Um, yeah, and I think there are other methods we might uh, might investigate. But again, the AHA does a great job handling that, and everybody, you know, everybody knows how to fix it. Sure. And, uh, until they actually have to do it, and that's all absolutely it's right. It's a lot harder. I would also like to, th- you know, in ter- kind of address the the worry about scarcity. It's got to plateau at some point, doesn't it? Like, we can't keep seeing 100% growth year after year after year, can we? Like, eventually, it's going to have to table off a little bit. It's a lot of IPAs. Well, yeah, eventually, we'll just hit whatever the Earth's population is. And, uh, <laughs> whatever, that, whatever that doubling rate is will become our new number. But, uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that next year, it'll be about where we're at now. Yeah, I don't... So. I do. I, and I don't mean because people aren't still getting interested in homebrewing i just think there really has been an enormous growth over the last three years and that now it's i do think it's got to settle down yeah a it'll bit. probably be like poker where the world series just surged and yeah. surged and, and then, then it kind of leveled off in like 07 and then it kind of went down a little bit yeah i, I think next year is going to be similar so i'm ho- i guess i'm kind of hoping that it, it doesn't have to happen that we we have to do even less entries again sure is my hope but uh, that's neither here nor there. Josh, I want to thank you for being our Logic uh, Homebrewer of the Week. And, no, uh, my pleasure, Jay, really. No, it's fun to talk to you, too, man. A, a whole different type of brewing. And Are you going to go to the conference this year? Uh, yeah, I'm planning My wife and I are heading out. All right. We're just planning <laughs> our... AKA uh, his homebrew club? <laughs> 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 exactly. I want to go to their booth. Me and the old, me and the old VP. Yeah. <laughs> We're having a fundraiser, actually, to get us out there. <laughs> Uh, me, the VP, and the treasurer, all uh, headed out to NHC this year. Also, voting is open for treasurer. <laughs> yeah, I have two kids. Uh, they're both running <laughs> for treasurer this year. Uh, no, all right. Well, we hope to see you out there, Josh, and, and, and thanks for being our homebrew of the week. It's fun to talk to you, man. Hey, thank you. All right, cheers. Take care, man. There you go. That's our Logic Homebrewer of the Week. Yes, indeed. Thanks again to Logic. And uh, one more time, guys, EcologicCleansers.com. Go check out their uh, One Step and their Straight A. Uh, Nothing else is as easy to use, and they are great. All right, we're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, we got a little bit of beer news for you, and we're going to try Beardy's Cider. Whoa. Which is usually good. So we'll see. I'll be the judge of that. Hang in there. It's the session. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Ah, 
What'd you get? More brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is awesome. No, I'm... Yes, but... The cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh yeah. Brewmasters Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmasters Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh yeah. Here's a bite for beer lovers. Soft caramel made with real craft brew and coated in chocolate. And hop drops. Hard candies made with real hop oil. Introducing Beer Candy from BeerCandy.com. Beer Candy's amazing caramels come in four mouth-watering flavors. IPA, bitter gold wrapped in smooth white chocolate. Lager, made with a familiar beer from Boston and coated in milk chocolate. Lambic, soury Belgian goodness full of fresh raspberry and dipped in dark chocolate and stout roasty cocoa chocolate insanity hop drops are made with fuggles or cascade hops and are known as the candy that bites you back choose from sampler and full sizes of both and make your mouth jump to life all at beercandy.com hop drops and beer caramels satisfy your sweet tooth as only a beer lover could with beer candy visit beercandy.com today When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones, no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris and I approve this message. 
Wait till you can pour it out of your own kegerator. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your friends will look at you with awe. And it's just hot. It is? It's so super hot. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. Yeah! Welcome back to the program. Thanks for sticking around. Thanks to our home brewer of the week, Josh. It was a good one. Oh, yeah. I Sounds feel like, like he needs to be a guest. I was, yes, I was yeah. going to say, I feel like we should find a topic for Josh and just get him on the show. Josh Beecham. Uh, Josh, our, our good friend, uh, cousin, <laughs> distant cousin of Drew, uh, Josh Beecham. Drew Beecham's cousin's uncle, So Josh. JP had said on the air, he's like, oh, he sounds like Drew. Uh, and I got a text at the break from Doc. He was listening. He's like, that dude sounds like Drew. <laughs> <laughs> so He really does. Nah, I, I didn't hear it till you pointed out. Now that I think about it, I guess he does. But uh, we should get him on so they can talk about more than just induction brewing. Yeah, definitely. Hey, hey, find us at uh, at NHC in uh, Grand Rapids, and uh, we'll have a pint. There you go. All right, what do we got to do? I think we got to do a little feedback, right? Yes, a feedback. We got a little beer news. We got Beardy cider. Beardy, give us some cider. Stop dicking around. What the hell you think you got invited here for? Dicking around. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah, that's why I'm here. <laughs> that's pretty much. Uh, all right, let's do some feedback. Oh my god! You've got mail. Kick ass. All right, feedbacks uh, brought to you today by oh B Crosby Hops. That's right. You can go to bcrosbyhops.com. You'll remember them from the last couple years. In fact, uh, Blake came on the show last year to talk to us about growing hops. Go buy your hop rhizomes at bcrosbyhops.com it is a farm where they actually grow the hops and sell the hops so you're buying your rhizomes directly from the farm when you go to bcrosbyhops.com I'm looking at their homepage right now Uh, it's very easy to find when you go to bcrosbyhops.com you just click on hop rhizomes I'm seeing Chinook on there, Columbus, Northern Brewer, Cascade, Centennial, Galena, Magnum, uh, Mount Hood, which was uh, one of the hops in that wonderful Pilsner that we love tonight from Left Hand, Nugget, um, Willamette. So I don't know if you know this, but it's kind of hard to get hops right now. So buy your rhizomes from B. Crosby Hop Farm at bcrosbyhops.com and support them. They've been uh, r- you know, doing their rhizomes on the show now. This will be their third or fourth year, and I really appreciate their support. They're a small family farm. Blake's a really good dude, so go go help him out and buy some rhizomes. Yeah, he is a good dude. He will be on the session on uh, April 21, so don't miss that. Oh, good. What are we talking? You Hops, know? I think, yeah. More <laughs> well, not, not just growing, though. I think we were talking new varieties and things. Yes. Right? Yep. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, I really like Blake. They're a nice family out there, so go check them out. Uh, Bcrosbyhops.com. Uh, Good people. That'll be the same day as the uh, Swartz beer uh, reveal, and uh, I'm sure Blake oh. can tell us uh, how you messed up your hop usage. Uh, he's probably going to say that I should have used Mount Hood when I couldn't find uh, Hallertau. I'm sure. And, and after, you know, the first thing I thought, I was trying not to sidetrack us too much. Right. I had to talk about my lager a little bit because I thought it was fitting. But as soon as I tasted it and he said Mount Hood, that was one of my options when I couldn't find Hallertau. Uh. And after tasting his, 
shit. <laughs> Maybe I should have gone with the Mount Hood option. I, mean, I think it fit really well in the Pilsner, right, Tasty? It should, yeah. It should be yeah, quite nice. It was one that Jamil had recommended, too. And I'm text, no, you'll be fine. I'm it's... texting Jamil. I'm like, hey, there's no Hallertau. Should I try this or that? Mount Hood was definitely one he said would be a good replacement. Isn't that the domestic version of Hallertau? Uh, I don't know. I always find those descriptions rather misleading, but... Yeah, I think I, it has German lineage. That's one I description know. I think that's it's used. So anyway, uh, bcrosbyhops.com. All right, let's do some feedback. Uh, Rolo writes in, hey, Session, um, I was listening to the show last week and the feedback on what to expect when in Australia. Uh, being a Kiwi that moved here to Australia four years ago, I thought I'd give you a heads up on one of the most confusing things about Australia. Right. Ready, Tasty? Yeah, I'm ready. The beer glass sizes. All right. Here we go. All yeah, right. note this. Yeah, this is. It does seem pretty. <laughs> this actually seems really important. It's a mind fuck. I read through this. Uh, it's something that involves an unnecessary number of variations and something that differs across all the states. So below uh, here is is what I've managed to make of it. The range of glasses include a pony, a glass, a midi, a pot, a schooner, and a pint. And there are more, but these are the common ones. <laughs> so, here's his. Uh, here's what he's found. A five-ounce glass is referred to as a pony Australia-wide, except in Canberra, which is where we're going, and uh, Adelaide, where they don't seem to offer it at all. A seven-ounce glass in Melbourne and Perth is referred to as a glass. So, if you say, give me a glass of beer, you know, you're going to get seven ounces. Right. Uh, in Darwin, it's referred to as a seven, and in Adelaide, it is a butcher. A 10-ounce glass in Sydney and Perth is a midi. In Brisbane and Melbourne, uh, it's referred to as a pot. And in Adelaide, it's a schooner. A 15-ounce glass across (laughs) Australia is referred to as a schooner, except Adelaide, where it's a pint. Hmm. A pint is 20 ounces of beer across the whole country. Apparently, except in Adelaide. Can I get a half pint? <laughs> so as you can see, he says, it's Dinner. bloody confusing. I suggest you walk in and just ask for a beer, and the bartender will most likely point at glasses to help you select the size that you want. <laughs> or they'll just, or they will just choose for you. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> you're so everything's in ounces there? Is that in centiliter? Is that, what, what are they in? They're not in metric uh, in Australia. Well, according to him, either. You didn't I, mention anything about No, they are metric. Yeah. The last advice that we got was that we need to learn our metric. So, yeah, what, so maybe so he's he just trans- ounces for he, Yeah, just translated it because he consider, considers that we're idiots. Uh, well, I'm just going to say, give me, you know, uh, three centiliters of this beer. It right. sounds like <laughs> if you want a seven-ounce glass, about a half pint, tasty, yeah. right? Yeah, but- uh, in Melbourne and Perth, you need to ask for a glass. But in Darwin, you need to ask for a seven. Or in Adelaide, you need to ask for a butcher. <laughs> <laughs> to answer your question, yeah. tasty. <laughs> you think there'd be a little more of a right. if, if you want an actual butcher, what do you ask for? <laughs> Can I bring Good my question. own glass? What I'm going to do is say, uh, yes, Peter. Yes, Susie. Uh, okay. <laughs> she can't. No, I answered the question. Oh, Go ahead. Oh, uh, I'm just going to uh, turn over to Peter Simons. Who's going to be hanging with me? Yeah. Like what? What do I? What am I ordering here? Please, yeah, yeah, exactly. Order for me, please. It's very difficult. I, I'm just going to go in and ask for a beer and see what I get. Yeah, that's what they do on TV shows. They just ask for yeah, a beer. I'll take I'll a beer. beer. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Rolo, for the uh, for the good advice and confusing advice. Yeah. Right? Uh, we appreciate the advice. Any more you can give us. That'd yep. Be great. Absolutely. We already forgot it though. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, Brandon writes in, um, I'm not sure where JP got his info for the last game of Find the Fake, uh, but there is no Texas alcohol statute that prohibits taking more than three steps while standing. Out of 170,000 words uh, written in the uh, Texas Alcoholic Beverage Code, the word standing only appears twice, and it refers to good standing both times. In fact, uh, the city, Fort Worth, where I live, uh, in that city, it's illegal to drink, sorry, it is legal to drink beer on public streets as long as it's in a plastic cup. I think JP owes Gay Kyle a Blumpkin. <laughs> and while I might owe him a Blumpkin for other things, I did say that, uh, you know, I, uh, these, uh, these are all found on the internet and I cannot uh, be held responsible for the truth oh, the fine lying therein. Yeah, it was the fight. Which Brent. is sort of a ridiculous disclaimer because it like kind, of, show, it kind right? of means you could have written anything. Yeah, but I didn't. I found it online. It could all be fake, and it could have been old that they, you know, that they've redone. But I did very clearly state that. Okay, <laughs> so Kyle, you get your Blumpkin, but not for this. <laughs> he says on a separate note, I think the show's twice as good when Justin's brewing. It brings up all kinds of useful homebrewing topics. The Brewcaster Challenge is fucking awesome uh, from Brandon. So, all right, Brandon. Well, I'm trying to keep it up. I will say this. You know what? You know what makes you want to brew? Brewing. <laughs> and I had this last time when I brewed for the Brewcaster Challenge last time, like a week later, I was like, or two weeks later, as soon as it came out of my fermenter, I was like, I got to brew again. It just, it kind of really makes you want to brew. And I'm in the same boat right now, waiting for that Schwartz beer, you know, that lager to get out of my conical. I, I kind of would have brewed yesterday if I had an open fermenter. You know, I, it does huh? make, it does make me want to brew more. Brewing with, uh, with Beardy on Sunday made me realize I really don't like brewing. <laughs> You oh, had the opposite. I effect. had the opposite. I don't like it because you're waiting around all the cleaning and all the bullshit, and then it's like I'm glad I don't have to uh, keg this. Yeah, I had beer in my kegerator or my uh, conical for two and a half months <laughs> at two and a half months. At ambient temperature, it was great. It <laughs> oh, tastes fine, whatever. But uh, I, I, I'm, I'm the more and more I, I, I realize I hate brewing, the more and more I'm looking forward to that pico brew system. Yeah, you, <laughs> you sound like a perfect candidate. For I, it. Yeah, I really feel like. Can one. I come fill up your fermenter? Yes. You sa- do. You sound like the founders. Is it home brewing? It's it's just all cleaning. It's, it, uh, it sucks as a hobby. Yeah, you and sit so, around in the gar- in the garage, listen to your neighbors rev their motorcycles and, and <laughs> play beer pong. It's terrible. I, I like it just as much, if not more, than when I first started. Once I get out there and do it, I just absolutely love it. I, I had a really good time, and then even kind of taking care of it afterward. That. Lest anybody be confused, that has not been lost on me. I still really love the hobby. Well, that's good. Let me know when you've done it more than ten times. <laughs> I, I've officially done it more than ten. I think I've done it well, eleven and a half official. times. Yeah. Official. Eleven and a half times. <laughs> it, it does. It does feed on itself, doesn't it? it? Absolutely. It does. Does. And the yeah. hardest thing yeah. to do is is to kind of initiate because once you once you got the flame going and you're kind of then it's just game on, right? Oh, but yeah. the hardest thing is transitioning from watching reruns of sitcoms <laughs> like Boy Meets World. Right. right to brewing right. my other favorite pastime. Once you get up and do it, yeah. that's why it's a good idea to like get everything sort of ready, you know, like and you know plan a week ahead of time, even yeah, to get everything there so that when you do go pull the trigger to brew beer, it's easy. I mean, everything's there. Ready. It's not you know it's not going to be a hassle. That kind of I was much closer to finally doing that this time. Every time I no, brew tasty, I get prep. a little bit closer to being fully prepped. Still had to go, you know, to more beer during the mash. Uh, yes, problem, yes, right? I still <laughs> had to do that when I decided to go ahead and change the hops. Uh, <laughs> I also, yeah, I was having a little trouble getting my hot liquor burner working, but oh. I, that took that was a long excursion because it sat outside since last June. I had to. Well, there is something to say for keeping your system, uh, yeah, yeah. Up. I need to buy a cover. 
They don't make like oh. covers. I need to buy a cover somehow. Get a custom God. cover. They, do people? Because mine custom. sits out in the rain. Like I don't have a place to put my whole thing. Oh. You know, it's not even under a. It's not even under a, a roof. Yeah, like I don't have a patio. You need a cover. You know, no, there's no room in the garage. Oh. Yeah. So you could saran wrap the burners. I assume that's what most of the problem is. The burner that, that area getting messed up. Maybe. No. I, don't know, I forget. Just throw a tarp over it and bungee it, dude. You're fine. Yeah. yeah blue, I, I most big blue tarps. Yeah. But mm-hmm. there you go. It's not very sexy, though. I, I need it to have my picture on it. it <laughs> is that sexy? That's, that, that's sexy. You're all about sexy, so yeah, yeah you should. Yeah. <laughs> it used to be a whole custom When I think thing. sexy, I think your face. I think yeah. your sexy yeah. You is... too? Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, Taryn doesn't like to hear it, but... Yeah. <laughs> You're like, here, could you put this mask on? <laughs> See yourself uh, standing out in the backyard, but you know what I want to do today? I want to brew. Yeah. 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 You think you're going to... Uh, I get it. You think you're going to follow Andy's advice on your next brew day and not drink? Uh, no, 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 no. I, I mean, I did as cl- I told you, I did as close as possible this time. Oh, you did. Where I I didn't drink until almost the end of the boil, mm-hmm. actually, uh, maybe mid boil. But I I, st- I I know I joke a lot about it, but I you know fuck that. I, like it is my <laughs> hobby, and I feel like if I'm going to drink a beer and relax out in my backyard, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm not into brewing for that. Yeah, you're not trying to win home brewer of the year. No, right? no. <laughs> Not yet. Wait till you get burnt. Once you get burnt, you'll change your whole philosophy. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't... I was going to say I don't drink that much, but that's not true. No. You I drink enough. I have a high tolerance, so I'm not going to... I'm not burning myself. I don't get drunk. You just, should. Uh, it's always about squirting boiling wort on yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that burns fast. I don't know. I've been injured plenty. That's for sure. I've, I've set the goddamn thing on fire, but well, I... But yeah, you, you haven't know. hurt yourself yet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was fine. I had other things going on. It was fine to not drink for the amount of time that I did, and and yeah. I felt the competition bug. You know, I really yeah. want to beat Nate on your A game. So, yeah. but you know, overall, if I'm going to spend the day brewing, I'm I want to have a few beers. It's I I, it. it's a nice thing to do for me. I like it. You guys find it amazing that Justin's hair hasn't gone up like a Roman candle on a brew day? <laughs> I do. <laughs> it is kind of amazing. But look at look at Beardy. We laugh at that Beardy. No, you. That's more amazing. Oh, my hair has gone up like oh, a Roman yeah. candle on a brew day. There you go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that beard would be like uh, crazy. Yeah. All right. A few more things here. Um, all right. John writes in. Uh, I'm trying to get my friends to download your iPhone app and listen to the shows, but we can't find it in the App Store. What happened? That's from John. Uh, yeah. So they upgraded our iPhone app, which means it got removed from the store mm. and then resubmitted as an upgrade. Oh. I just got word today that our Android app that one should now be there. That one finally got approved after the same process. The iOS app uh, may take another couple days. I don't know. But it'll be the same thing. You just search BN Mobile. It's still free, but our company upgraded the whole deal and removed the old one to put up the new one. So hang in there. It'll be back. Uh, Good question. Seth from the Endless Winter of Chicago writes in, uh, Hey, all, I've been catching up on the session podcast from 2012 and 13. Uh, and here's some notes. One, uh, you guys really do have great content and excellent guests. Uh, <laughs> I like how affirming he is. You yeah. really do. Yeah, thank you. No matter what anyone says. Right. Yeah. Uh, plus, uh, you're all hilarious in your own unique, semi-retarded, full pervert ways. <laughs> right. uh, your show is the best when I don't know anything about or start with any interest in a guest, but wind up depressed and wanting more uh, when the podcast ends. You know, I... I find that too when we when we don't know the guests too. Yeah, and I always say to people like people will complain right off the bat. Oh, why are you having that person? Or who's who, that guy? Or who's, and they complain without ever hearing it. 
And they often are our best shows. They're the most unique people that aren't getting talked about in the news all the time, the beer news all the time. Um, yeah. So anyway, I'm just agreeing. People should not poo-poo. Don't judge a book. Uh, what? Give me an old saying from the 20s, Moscow. <laughs> <laughs> Never uh, take he, a candle for full price. Uh, <laughs> here today, gone tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all right, number two. <laughs> number two, he says, I would like to nominate uh, Dave Marlave from Flat Tail as both the biggest asshole in a good kind of way. He <laughs> says, a real jerk in a guy. good kind of way, uh, as the best guest you've ever had. Oh, wow. uh, I wish I lived in the Pacific Northwest so I could drink his beer and kick him in the shins for being a prick. Again, in a good kind of way. <laughs> I sent that to him, and he goes, I'll take it. Nice. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah. Very, very good description. Uh, number three, JP is America's Carl Pilkington. <laughs> so I had to look up Carl to remember. And I, oh, of course, yeah. once I playing? looked is him up, I, re- I remembered who it is. Yeah. And uh, is it? An Idiot Abroad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. That Carl, yeah. And he mm. used to produce the Ricky Gervais show. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, JP, but I tend to agree with this no, comment. Absolutely, yeah. I, I agree 100. percent You're like I'm out and I have the whole world at my fingertips, and it sucks. I don't. Understand. All I want are are a packet of crisps and a sausage. That's all I need. Yeah, I'll stay home. Why would I? Why would I go out anywhere? I have the whole world on my TV. Uh, you are Carl Pilkington. <laughs> All right, Mark from Washington State writes in. Hey, Justin, I've been listening since the show aired and have been a proud uh, donator. He says. Uh, since the time I started listening, uh, I've been working my way from show one, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so he's not current, so he says he might be a little off topic. But on the April 10th, 2011 show, you guys had a long discussion about the Anheuser-Busch takeover of Goose Island. Uh, I would like you to know that almost three years later, three years later, I've been able to uh, have their beers, and I'm now a huge supporter of this uh, merger. Uh, it's allowed Goose Island to reach the vastly underserved market of Eastern Washington. Uh, we've been able to get many of their beers, and I've had uh, I've been very pleased with Sophie, Lolita, and Honkers. Uh, it's a strong testament to what big beer can do for the craft market, and I'd love to hear how you guys feel about this. And suck it, JP. I don't think I will. I hope your neck feels better and allows you to make a name for yourself on the streets again soon. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, so, I don't have much to say about this other than the beer's been fine to me. I haven't tasted well, any difference. What did Big Beer do to it? I mean, did they, are, they, are, they out, are they further out because of Big Beer or are they yes. further out because yeah. they're growing normally anyway? Good both. question. I, don't, I, mean, I, I would say it, I would I say an infusion of money yeah. helped. The growth has accelerated. Well, certainly you can take be more aggressive. You can buy more bigger fermenters and all that capital. Yeah, you can well, expand think, your program. Like their their yeah. Belgian lines, I've never seen more than one or two, but now there's five or six. Yeah, I feel like not only that, that they're brewing outside of Chicago now. They are. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're, they're bringing two facility. different places. Yeah, they're yeah. brewing in two places now. They also started a sour program. Yes, <laughs> and in fact, so Lolita that he mentioned here in the in the feedback. Uh, I just had for the first time the other night at a friend's house. Scott, you were there. Yeah, it was fantastic beer, wasn't it? It was a really great sour. Really, my mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's great. I hadn't seen that beer yet, though. Had you seen it before? Nope. No, it's mm. really great, wasn't it? It's but apparently beer. there's mm-hmm. like four uh-huh. in the sour brand yeah. already. Yeah. Just on the sour One side. with the raspberry, I think. I forget the name of it. The, I think was that the was the Lolita. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What is different is I see these beers on the retail shelf. 
Yes, that is. They're in there, you know, in the in, in the Safeway in Safeway. Yeah. Oh, yeah, which is amazing. The sour yeah. beers in yeah. Safeway. Yes, yeah. is that right? Yes, yeah, because wow. it's the uh, AB's backing. It's right. AB shelf space right yeah. there. It's beautiful. The distributor is allowed to go in and say, "All right, well, how about we remove this and put up some Lolita?" It's great. They're it's, good beers. It's an outstanding yeah. sour beer, widely available. That's what we want, isn't it? Yes. It's yeah, a beautiful I got, thing. I got nothing bad to say about it. I mean. I know people want me to. There are people out there who, who want to go, oh, it didn't work, but I'm, I'm just going to tell it like it is. I have not had, I've had nothing but good experiences with Goose Island, yep. both before, too, I'll give it that, but, mm-hmm. and after the merger. At some point. The buyout or whatever. At some point in the world, it became a bad thing to be a corporation and to be a large company. Yeah. Yeah. Suddenly, now you're the devil and you're evil and you represent nothing but... Uh, you know, money, yeah. money grubbing, and Profit, whatever. It's profits not, a bad word. Somehow. It's not always the case. Well, it's. Perf- I do think. I, I agree with you. I also think it's particularly sensitive in craft beer because there there have been plenty of examples in the past of mm-hmm. of big beer trying to hold on to their market share and, sure. and doing and 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 participating in less than savory uh, business tactics. But we've also so, heard craft brewers doing the same exact thing in recent times i i think we've but we've heard that as even well the last like five years but i'm just saying yeah. whether that's true or not it, it does it lends to the defensiveness right it and, makes you go you're, so we're all I, i'm agreeing with you that we're already defensive against corporations yeah and then we and then on a sub level we're we're defensive twice against big breweries so it's it's kind of a double whammy right well i wonder when people are going to be defensive of uh, or offensive to craft breweries because of the same thing. it'll happen eventually and for, second of all don't ever get multi-level on me because that's <laughs> fucked up don't shit. get meta right mm-hmm. I, get, I, so get but i'm please but again I, i'm saying I, i've seen nothing bad come out of this yet so yeah. i don't know i'm still with the boys i don't know i don't know who they are but i'm with them <laughs> for the boys <laughs> all right uh, a couple more here real quick uh, hey bruce slackers this is from brad um, he says, this is more of a basic question, so pay attention, Tasty. I'm feeling a little dirty and dishonest. <laughs> it's basic, so be attention. <laughs> no, this one, it's not as basic. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling a little dirty and dishonest, he says. I tried to brew an arrogant bastard-ish, uh, arrogant bastard-ish clone that didn't come out uh, how I've made it in the past. <coughs> Mash, sparge, and boil all went well, uh, but I was using a chest freezer with a single-stage temp controller, went on vacation, and it got unusually cold, and fermentation pooped out around 1024. Uh, I was aiming for 1015. So now, it's way too sweet for an arrogant bastard clone, and when I present it to judges, um, I get the, it's too sweet, not enough hop presence comment. When I presented it as an old ale to a few BJCP judges, uh, it's suddenly complex and would score in the low 40s. Is it against a brewer's code to enter it as an old ale? When I, I, I guess he means in competition, obviously. Uh, when I know that that wasn't what I was going for and flawed based on what I was trying to accomplish. Or should I just go for it, uh, go for the medals and try to dethrone the brewing network as club of the year? Interested in feedback on the brewer's code from Brad. It's a good question. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you name, if the beer tastes like another beer, I would call it that beer. I mean, yeah. Now, when he if he does win, uh, say a, a second round medal, they're going to win his recipe. Well, there, he will present a recipe for arrogant bastard, and in his instructions, it will say, you know, <laughs> ferment for two days at sixty seven, and then cold crash it to fifty <laughs> for the rest of the ferment to make sure that you get a nice high finishing gravity. 
so it's like a scotch ale. So yeah, yeah. That's going to be a problem. It's a, okay, so that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Because yeah. my, my reaction instantly was, just enter it as what it tastes like. That's fine. Yeah. But that's a good point, because yeah. it's not replic- replicable uh, without doing that. Yeah, if he can make it himself, that'd be a, a trick, actually. Yeah. <laughs> he could actually. Well, I mean, I wonder if that's how the first, you know... XYZ style was well, made, right? Yeah, like, yeah. oh, I just, that's how I did it. I tried to make this style, but I put too many hops in. And so if you want to replicate this style, try to make an ESB, but screw up. And it turned out good. You're right. right. Maybe that, it, I think you're exactly right. I, I don't think there's anything against the Brewer's Code in entering this beer in whatever it tastes like. Absolutely. No. So you're definitely not right. being a douchebag by doing that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's where it is. If it's a, if he, if he puts in, like, if it is instructions, he says it's a normal ferment. It's going to be arrogant bastard. Yeah. Not a sketch. You know? <laughs> right. I'd be like, what's this? Oh, now, do all of the recipes of the of the second round winners get published? Is yes. that what you're saying? Yeah, go into Zymergy. The gold medal. I think only the, the gold, gold medals do, in the yeah. sub First place in every category. So yeah. he, he has to put an asterisk <laughs> that says, if you brew this prop properly, it's arrogant <laughs> bastard. <laughs> if you crash cool before fermentation is done, <laughs> you have a gold medal winning Old Ale. <laughs> Excellent Old Ale. <laughs> Nothing against the Brewers Code in in what you're doing, I Brad. I think so. I say gun for the Brewing Network Club and try to get yourself a medal, brother. Hell yeah, go for it. All right, and finally, our spam of the week. Um, it starts like this: Go here to remove yourself from updates and safely unsubscribe. Members.milfaholic.com slash and then there's all these other things. Why would you ever? Not want to like be on Milfaholic. Milfaholic. Yeah, Agreed. No, I want all that stuff pushed to me every day. Yeah. yeah. And would you really trust it to go, oh, s- unsubscribe safely yeah. from this thing you didn't sign up for? It's by clicking this long thing. Yeah. Nobody ever unsubscribes from Milfaholic. Yeah. All right. Uh, it goes on to say find a horny MILF near Des Moines. Yes. <laughs> yes. I would love to. Hello, J H G K J H G L K H. Your username is J H G K J G H L K H. Your password, guys, you can use my password. You yes, guys can go for it. Do. Your password is J K J G H. Go here to log in now. Send your favorite girls a virtual gift and get noticed. Stand out from a crowd of admirers. Pick the perfect gift and we'll deliver it to her inbox. <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> We've got a wide variety of of gifts guaranteed to catch her attention. Below are some matches just waiting for a free gift. And then I don't have pictures. I just have their names yeah. and a short quote. I bet quote. they're hotter than There were no pictures, by the way. Uh, Sweet Yell 33. And her quote is, giggle and lick your lips. <laughs> Gentle Soul. 41. Yeah. She's their, that's their age. When I do the number, it's not part of their name. It's their age. Uh, How gentle can you be at 41? She's from Des Moines. Her quote, will always be horny. <laughs> Never not be horny. Uh, LinkedIn Lou. Poor thing. Who is 30 years old. She's from Slater. Her quote, can you handle me? <laughs> <laughs> no. Probably not. Yeah, probably not. Not really. Uh, Jazzy Milf, who's 35. <laughs> She's from Clive. Yeah, she is. Her quote is, is like a have, some, have some fun with me. Just some. Paracuti. <laughs> is she disabled? I think she's the Siamese twin. <laughs> she's a pair. Yeah. 
I like your description better than mine. Thank you. Paracuti, she's 32 years old. She's from Urbandale. Her quote, sexy and stacked. <laughs> All right, let me skip through a couple of years. There's a lot of them. Uh, but you're a mom. You can't be stacked. And finally, uh, Kathy M., who's 36. She's from Altoona. Love the life you live. That's her quote. So that's for you optimists. I think Kathy's a more down-to-earth. She didn't have a fancy screen name. She's just her. <laughs> All right. Feel free to use my login information and go check out uh, members.milfaholic.com. Please log in and see what that's all about. Update your virus software. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, And then throw your computer in the dumpster. (laughs) All right, we got a little bit of beer news to do. Real quick, what is this cider that you poured us, Beardy? Uh, It's just a uh, common cider. So uh, it's a blend of five different apple varieties. Um, And I entered it as the 25A, I think it is, just the common cider. Um what do you think about it compared to some of your last medal winners? Um, I think it's there. I think my favorite of this year's group will be the next one, the English cider. Okay. Um, but Nick, I'm happy with that all you brought of them. us here. Yes. Okay. Let's do that. This one seems extra sweet to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're actually all about the same uh, finishing gravity. All the same gravity. Except, except for the last one, which is a sizer. But you back-sweeten that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're sterile-filtered and then sulfided. And then, uh, so I did a, a polishing filter to kind of get it pretty clear and get most of the yeast out. And then at that point, I would do my taste testing with, with varying levels of back-sweetening and tannins and whatever. And then when I got what I wanted, I would blend it all into one keg... And then sterile filter the whole batch, blended, and then sulfite the fin- the finished keg, and then that's it. That's what I am keeping refrigerated and packaging from. Okay. What about the uh, the carbonation? It seems a little light. Is that just be- um, it's intentional? Yeah, you can at least for competition. You have three different uh, levels of carbonation. You have to specify either still, petulant, or carbonated, basically sparkling cider. Um, I don't like sparkling cider. I don't like sparkling alcoholic cider. So I just keep uh, the kegs under a couple PSI. Mostly, I do it because of practical, just to keep positive pressure so oxygen, theoretically, isn't getting in to oxidize it. Yeah. Um, and so it ends up being just slightly carbonated. Is that is that petulant? Yeah. Okay. Do you find yeah. that the, the judges tend to kind of agree with that? They don't like sparkling as much? or No, I mean, because you can choose sparkling and they have to judge it. I mean, unless they're going to let their personal. But that's preference. what I'm saying. Do do a lot of them have per- that personal preference like you do? I don't know. Um, I've always just entered petulant because that's what I like, and they can do whatever they want. Yeah. <laughs> sure. They can they can yeah. like it or not. I don't right. do whatever the yeah, fuck. Judges you. biases or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. even care. So I mean, that's just up to the judge whether or not they want to. I think uh, I think out of petulant, it, it lets a lot of apple flavor through. I think uh, uh, highly carbonated ciders can be. Have that carbonic kind of. It becomes bite. more champagne-like to me. It does. And it I is. don't like and it. The uh, the second example, I think it works better because the I think the first example, since it was a little sweeter, maybe I wanted it to have that uh, carbonic, you know, acid kind mm-hmm. of bite to balance mm-hmm. it. But it does work uh, nicely with the second example. Yeah, the second I entered as an English cider, um, different yeah. blend of apples, just three different types of apples. Two are are the same varieties uh, from the first one, but actually added uh, some tannin. To this one um it was a chestnut mm. cannon mm-hmm. um i love this one 
Yeah, yeah, that, that's my favorite of the. It's really nice. yeah, it is very good. You might have a winner right here. I hope, I hope you so. You're entered under the BN, right? Of course. Atta boy. Good man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this one's really good. Not, not that the other, the, the first one was so, good. It's just sweeter than I like. That's right. all. These are both the same uh, specific gravity. Okay. Both, yeah, so they're yeast, both ten oh eight yeast characteristics and, and 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 the amount of juice that you back sweeten. The, oh, that's right. interesting. And it's the, yeah, the blend of the apples affect yeah. the apparent sweetness. Okay, um, it's in the and the, the tannin the addition tannin, cleans yeah. that up too. Okay, um, so yeah. like you taste if you taste just straight fermented apple juice, it it's thin and watery and it has this weird funky flavor. It's yeah. not very good. Yeah, I brought that in on the cider show. Okay, yeah. yep. that, that, I remember some of that that we tasted. It was terrible. Yeah, and yeah. then so you back sweeten it, and then that gets you a certain you know place as well. But then if you can kind of tweak it out and increase your mouthfeel a little bit, you add some some tannins. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, we use ones that were from chestnuts. They're just dried tannins, and you just mix them up and you dose it in, and you figure out your dosing rate. And it's a liquid. There you go. Uh, it's, it's a powder, a- but you you turn it into a liquid. You you rehydrate it. Okay, um, and it just kind of can round out certain flavors and and. Um, it's just that kind of next step. It's, I mean, they do it in wine all the time, so why not cider? Yeah. Well, I don't see why not, because it tastes great. Yeah. Oh, it, it, it's night and day difference. Yeah. It, it really is. Just the little tiniest dose can, can just really brighten it up. It's It was pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, so I think what we ended up doing was about 0.1 ppm of tannin, so it's just a tiny, tiny, tiny amount. Yeah. It's good. All right. Well, I wish you luck. Well, thank you. Tastes good. It's damn good. All right, let's do some beer news. Beer news brought to you today by our good friends over at Austin Homebrew Supply. I like those guys. They, they've they been very good to us. You can go to austinhomebrew.com and check it out. they got a great website. In fact, it looks like a new website since the last time I've been there. Um, you can go check it out. Uh, $7.99 flat rate shipping. Uh, they're really good uh, at putting together clone recipes. They've got over 800 clone recipes, okay? So if you're looking for your favorite beer uh, to brew at home, I'd start at austinhomebrew.com because you're probably going to find it. And then they've got like four over 400 of their own recipes as well. Uh, so go check it out, austinhomebrew.com. Moscow, what's in the beer news today? Well, everyone in this room is uh, is sitting, so that's good. And I, if you're driving a car now, maybe pull over for this. Okay. Uh, if, you're, if you're standing up, maybe like mowing the lawn... Turn the mower off. Take a seat. Mm. All right, because this is this is big. Are you guys ready? I feel like this is the part in the in the Tom Petty album where we were just transitioning over to CD, and everybody has to stop while the rest of listeners get up and turn over the tape. So let's just take a moment while you pull over your car. Okay, go. The FDA is proposing new regulations. Oh, I can't believe it. That would cause big problems for brewers nationwide. The uh, new rules would mandate that spent grain used for animal feed be dried and prepackaged on site in a manner that does not touch human hands. This would suck threefold. One for the farmers who receive these spent grains from the brewers. They like receiving the grains in a wet state because it provides hydration for the animals. Two for the animals, as yeah. they apparently like hydration. And three for the brewers, uh, as it would provide yet another state-mandated set of hoops through which they must jump, which increases costs and etc. Uh, worst of all, there's no evidence that currently uh, conditions are posing any hazard to ha- animals or humans. So the proposed rules will create more regulations to solve a problem that does not exist. Which, of course, was you know my first question. Like, so why? What happened? Did somebody die, or nope. did an animal get like nope become cloven hoofed? Nope. So basically, they were just bored and decided yeah. to make life difficult for everybody else. It's, it's the, the grain ends up in the beef, and the beef ends up on your plate. And and the beef is still good, delicious. Yeah, <laughs> this really is a problem. I don't. So if 
most of our listeners know, so I don't mean to preach to the choir, but disposal of of grain waste is expensive. There's a lot of it, yes, especially right. if you're a successful brewery. Yes. And one of the wonderful partnerships that small breweries have with local communities is by being able to dispose of that in a, a very clean and efficient, it's green and helpful yeah. way. And the farmers really appreciate it too. And sometimes yeah. they bring you milk. That's right. Or a pig. Yeah, we got hamburger. At you the got brewery. hamburger at Heretic. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, it was great. Oh, but it was produced from beef that ate the spent grains from your brewery, man. Oh, that's Aren't why I'm feeling so bad. Best beef ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess this law is like about other things that go in, like farmers can get that's probably not in that good a shape as a spent grain. I mean, think of we. So yeah. it's one of these things that like it's it's, bro- it's going to be caught it's up. It's a under broader that. law, uh, just like the homebrew law. Yeah, uh, like, this is being caught up under that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it See, really? This seemed to be specifically aimed at brewers. No, is that no, not no, right? no, it's not. No, it's, it's, it's no, regulating no. what farmers can feed their cattle with. Yeah, is mainly what the intent of the law is. Oh. But under that getting, blanket, yeah, right under that blanket, it's applying to where the spent grain's coming from. Ah, oh, what a mess! See, mess. these things keep happening where. Uh, everyone just getting thrown under the bus for something that didn't even apply in the first place. What can people do? Because I know that there's sort of a call to action from both brewers and farmers. Yeah, so as far as I understand, you can go to regulations.gov, which seems like a farcical URL. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it does really exist. Like and it's Saturday Night Live skit. The thing's huge. <laughs> uh, there is a long, it, it's like forward slash and a million things, and I'm not going to give it all out here, but if you just go to regulations.gov, there's a search function, and you can search this, you know, FDA and spent grains, and you'll find it. Uh, you can submit your comments, but the deadline is the 31st, so that's just a few days, so get in there and uh, deluge them if you can okay and if you're a brewer if you're a pro brewer uh they they want your feedback too they want to hear from farmers about how there's been no negative impact from this and they want to hear from brewers that it's you know blow some smoke about how how great this uh you know program is i would also say if you're a consumer you know why is it important to you you're going to end up paying for this oh yeah if the brewery has to pay to dispose of the grain that means you're paying to dispose right. of the grain. Or, yes. or they, they want you to prepackage it on site, right, for the farmer, isn't that yeah. Yes. part of it, too? You Dry know, it the whole without... You're going to pay for that. Right. I'm going to pay for that. Every time I go buy a six-pack, if that's the new procedure, I will be paying for that. Right. And I don't want to pay for that. I'll be honest no, with you. No. I'm not very satisfied with the cost of a six-pack right now yeah. already. Yeah. So I don't want to pay for this for a, a, a law that doesn't matter. It's part of a greater, you know, there's a, a law in California uh, now, too, that just got enacted this year uh, that chefs now have to wear rubber gloves in all food preparation across the board. Yeah. And so it do, there does seem to be a focus on this problem of, you know, foodborne illness or whatever. But I, I don't know, where's where's the problem? Are we, are we experiencing a huge problem with this stuff? Yeah, that's the question. Cross-contamination and, and bio, uh, anti, uh, antibiotic-resistant uh, foodborne illnesses. and Yeah. Yeah, but that's not from bare hands touching food. I don't know. I think cross- well, everybody knows somebody that gets sick that. eating up. But cross yeah. even cross contamination. I mean, there are very. I'm no expert. Just from working in a restaurant a little bit, there are very strict rules about what's allowed to be stored here and stored there, mm-hmm. and of course at what temperature and all the preparation temperatures. It does seem to me that there are already regulations in place that kind of cover the cross contamination problem. And maybe they're not good enough. Putting on putting gloves on everybody. Maybe, maybe they're not, I but know. I'd like to see the evidence that that says as yeah. such. In other words, I think what Scott, at least I think this is what you're asking is: Is there some outbreak that I haven't heard about? Right. Is there now this rise in cross contamination uh, that we haven't seen? Uh, 
I'm not sure that there is. Well, because I think it's hard to prove cross-contamination. It's just it's soon, yeah, like yeah. if you get food poisoning, you have no idea where you really got it or how. They tend to narrow really it down, down, actually. I don't know. But okay. if there's some sort of like gnarly outbreak of it, they yeah, actually like a, like they pinpoint out, it. Yeah, yeah, like a yeah. giant outbreak. for yeah, like a, But the rest of the time, lettuce. that's just life. That's life in our society. <laughs> right. I, you're going to get food poisoning yeah. every now and then. Yeah. Right. Not that I like it. I'm a fucking germaphobe. But it's I accept it as part of the deal. But what if you couldn't? What if you had didn't have to accept it because everyone wore gloves and that would cure the problem? I've heard people okay, make the argument. If, if somebody proved to me that that was the deal, yeah, I don't I'm know. all for it. Yeah. Then I would have no argument against make them all wear gloves. Absolutely. Like, I, like the gloves thing, I don't give a shit about it. Great. Yeah. If it solved the problem. Sure. But or without it knowing if it care. solves the problem. I'm not a chef. I don't give a shit. Right. I know some chefs. They're what about your bar? What about, so the hop grenade's about to open up. Yeah. You know? if What if all our bartenders one day had to wear rubber gloves? Yeah, I'm not They're down actually for that. trying to make a law right now They're, to make all bartenders and anyone who handles anything wear gloves. Do you know how wasteful that, like that is for yeah. like them to like right. take off disposable yeah. one single-use gloves every single time? It's time-consuming. You're not going to be able to get everyone at the bar... You're not going to be able to grip things properly when you're trying to like make drinks, cut things. Oh, and I've tried like it. Your that. grip goes away fast. Can't pick your nose. <laughs> Doesn't feel the same. Well, terrible. Well, it's not the same. And the gloves aren't going to prevent co- cross contamination on its own because if they're going to do it with their bare hands, well, you, you replace, do it with gloved hands. You uh, the but they have to remember to. They have to remember you ever to been do to Subway? that. They have to remember to do <laughs> that. Do you ever watch chefs on TV? Versus I mean, they, they have a them rag. going to their, the wash They're wiping the table and they're wiping... Filthy-ass rag. Yeah, yeah. And on the edge of the t- t- plate. Yeah. And we're fine! Rag. Even yeah. the germaphobe knows we're fine! <laughs> yes! <laughs> but we could be better <laughs> with more gloves. I can't believe you're on the side <laughs> of the glove. Look at, look at I'm saying I don't care. Uh, Progressive yeah. in the corner over there. It doesn't bother me one way or the other. It doesn't impact me one way or the other. Yeah, but it, that argument where I'm not a chef, therefore I don't care... But there's a million... So what if it's not you that... There are a million chefs there that it does impact. Yeah. And eventually it will come knocking at your door, whatever it is that you do. Maybe. Yeah. No more broadcasting without a mask on. I'll wear a mask. <laughs> Would you please? I do. I like masks. <laughs> masks are great. All right. What else? So let me, what indulge me for one second. Let me hereby announce that I would like my sushi chefs to not wear gloves. Yeah. And if I get sick, okay. I'm telling you, there are also hand-washing, very strict hand-washing regulations for, for food oh, preparers. Yes. As long as you follow that, you're fine. I'm good. You're right. I know that not everybody does too. Like I said, that's me going out into the world and living into the world. And even as a germaphobe, I'm all right with Try it. Try that. Amen. Amen. I wonder if it's the perception of, oh, if it's a gloved hand, then it's a sanitary hand. Yes, it's, it's a gloved hand. But, it's but like that gloves. doesn't necessarily mean that it's sanitary. It, right. Because but they it, can touch the same things with a gloved hand. But it's yeah. like that's the, the TSA. Medicine, but it's just they can see it like, oh, okay, their hands are gloved. Right. This it's is why fine. condoms should be it, outlawed. It looks right. better. It like, looks better. The yeah. air, airport security is the same thing. Where it's like, mm-hmm. well, the, the illusion of it is there, so I'm, you know, it I'll rest right, easy. Better. Yeah. All right, let's go to the phones real quick. We've got Pies from Australia on the line. Pies, what's happening? Uh, not much. Just hanging out at home. Pies, you going to come hang out with us in, in, in Canberra? Yes. Atta well, boy. How far are you? Probably. You're far, aren't you? Hmm. Uh, no, I like two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah, not far. Oh, then oh. get your big ass out there. That's not bad. Um, yeah, no, that's that's definitely on the cards. of just uh, I'm in negotiations at the moment. Okay, Pies, are you depressed? No, it's not at all. No, because you're not. <laughs> Why would I be depressed? I, well, I mean, the list is long, but I think he's sober. But oh, you're sober because mm. you're not yelling and you're not Pies. Mm. You're just Josh. No, no, I've had, a, I've had a couple of years just uh, doing a bit of quality control 
around the brew house. Um, I've been busy. I've got, I've got three kids now, so I've got to sort of run around and... At the Fighting Owl Brewery over there, or whatever yeah. it is. That'll do it. All right, Pais, what can we do for you, brother? I just wanted to uh, say thanks for uh, for my prize from the Christmas party. Um, I won I won the uh, the kegging setup. You sent out a bunch of uh, kegging gear, and it was it's amazing. I, I tweeted that if anyone follows the uh, brewing network, I, I tweeted the picture of all the stuff that you guys sent. It's, it's uh, there's like three regulators and. A, a couple of taps and uh, shanks and stuff. It's great. I'm glad you like it. It was a pretty badass little setup that we got donated to us uh, from a listener to to give out. And uh, yeah, we, that was Jesse. Thanks, Jesse. We were happy to send it to you. I hope you put it to good use and send us some photos then. I shall. Yes. Um, yeah. No. It's, I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'll find a place for it. I've got I've got a freezer ready uh, ready to um, put a collar on. So that this is the first step in uh, getting my freezer going. Perfect. I'm glad it made it, because I'll be honest, shipping it, we're like, I mean, it's a whole bunch of stuff in one box, and I'm like, oh man, we've shipped a bunch of stuff that never made it to its place. This is not the one we want to not make it to its (laughs) place, because it was a bunch of good stuff. Yeah, we had a bunch of stuff on uh, the Malaysian Airlines uh, flight. (laughs) Never, yeah. I mean, we're still still hoping for the... Is that too too soon? Well, if he gets in a boat and sails from Perth, he should get there in a couple hours. Yeah. (laughs) Shit. All right, Josh. Uh, Pies. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, thanks, thanks very much. You're very welcome. Enjoy it. Build yourself a good kegerator and, and send us some photos. Are you? I, I hope we see you in Oz. Are you a fan of uh, Dave Matthews? I'll probably, I'll probably, uh, I'll probably see you guys in Sydney first. Mm. I think we're going straight to Canberra, and then. How are you? Yeah, I think we're going straight to Canberra, and then. And then bouncing around to the other places. It's because uh, it's uh-huh. a whole, it's a whole thing. But we are. I'm planning on going to Sydney and Melbourne, out, but I think afterward, just because of the way. Okay. Great American Beer Festivals all around the same time. It's a whole thing. It's a whole fucking thing. Right. All right. No worries. Thanks, Pies. All right. Bye. Later. All right. What else is in the news? Fans are suing CenturyLink Arena in Boise, Idaho saying they were duped into thinking a $7 beer contains more brew than a $4 beer. I like this lawsuit. <laughs> it's, uh, did you, I don't know if you saw the uh, video I included in the, the thing here, but it's the uh, the ECHL, uh, the Idaho Steelheads, the team is called, and all the hockey fans that go see those uh, uh, guys up in Idaho, they filed the lawsuit. According to said lawsuit, the arena defrauded customers by charging $3 more for a tall, narrow cup advertised as large that actually holds the same amount of beer as the shorter, wider cup Described as small. Four fans filed the suit last week in Boise's 4th District Court. They're seeking ten grand in damages. Uh, it happened two days after a fan named Gwen Gibbs posted a video on YouTube uh, where she pours the large cup of beer into the small one. In both cups, the beer just goes right to the brim. Yeah. CenturyLink officials announced a short time later that the company would purchase new cups for the large beers that would hold 24 ounces instead of the previous 20. Uh, and at the time, this was a couple weeks ago, Eric Trapp, the president of the Steelheads, and the arena said that they hadn't intended to misle customers. All right, question for the crew. I don't care. It's a professional stadium. <laughs> I'm not a stadium owner. Yeah, I don't yeah, give yeah. a shit. <laughs> it's a professional stadium. Yeah. Profit is everything. Mm-hmm. Beer profit is big. You are yeah. paying attention to these numbers. They, somebody, did they, every, every or did they not know they that knew. the cup was the same size? They knew. Somebody knew. They he might not. knew, right? He might not. Executive they cut every milliliter. He might he have might been kept not. in the dark. But well, somebody so he knew. Could if, you think about, it. if you think about it, you, when, you, when, you, when you buy the cups, they're listed in size. Right. Yeah. 
Oh, the well, capacity there you go. is the capacity. Listed. When you yeah. when you actually yeah. buying the actual the act physical sure. case of cards, right. it doesn't say small and large. Right, it's it just says shape twenty and, and twenty four. Yeah. Right, so mm. of course they knew about it. And I mean, this thing they were talking about this at the uh, Oakland A Stadium, like in two thousand ten. I was just gonna say yeah, this happened just, a couple happens, years ago here. It happens a lot. And, yeah, but and I think. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I was going to assume what happened. So but it stop, should but. be illegal, right? It absolutely should. And this, I, I do love this lawsuit. This is a great lawsuit. It should be absolutely illegal to do that. It's false advertising. It's it's you're literally yeah. robbing people. Yeah, it's like fraud. Yeah. And yeah, I, I agree. This is one lawsuit where I'm actually on board. And and again, they're not going. Uh, they want half a million dollars for emotional distress. They're being reasonable. They're like, look, <laughs> we've grand. gone to a lot of games. We've bought a lot of these beers. You're misling us. We want ten grand back. Thank you. Well, and the ten grand will probably get. It, it, it'll end up being one of those things where everyone can sign up if you were a person who bought a beer between and everyone X gets and X. eighty cents. So, exactly. Yeah, so they're action. not getting ten grand. They're just looking to slap them on the wrist. Exactly. But. The, I think this is bullshit. I, I think it's it should be illegal. Yeah. I think they knew exactly what they're doing, and I think it's a seriously fucked up thing to do. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I mean, I'm it, it maybe totally I shouldn't is. be getting so riled up about the cost of a beer, but it's a lie. It's a bold faced lie. I mean, it's already more than a six pack for a, a, <laughs> right. a pint of beer yeah. at a stadium, any game you go to. So why are you charging more? Money for the same amount that's already too much. It shows contempt for your customers. Absolutely. Okay. Right, I'm going to sound ridiculous right now, but to me, <laughs> to me, this is the same. This is, too. Yeah. It's the same principle as going after a Bernie Madoff. Okay. Now, yeah. did he steal billions of billions of dollars? Was it a different scale? Yes. Was it a different principle? Absolutely not. He sold people something that he knew was fake. It was a. It was a lie. It, and people paid into something that was not it, it, what they thought they were paying into. It's exactly the same as that. That guy got 150 years in prison yeah. because of the because of the full impact. But the principle of the thing, I'm telling you, I feel like it's exactly the same. It's a it's a group sitting down and going, you know, we could sell a cup that looks larger for four more dollars. Yeah, different and size. nuns are, and no one will know it's the so why. Calculated. Did they sell it as That's a tall why I'm or as a large? That I feel like it's the same no, no, no. principle. It's taller it glass. A, it's a, they're selling it as a tall, but they didn't know it was. No, they said it was like they said it was a large. large. Okay. Yeah. And how long were they? Doing I'm telling you, it's just it's sitting around and calculating Good a question. robbery. I wonder Your, if this. It, I wonder if this is just standard in the stadium drink business. Mm. I mean, because it and seems it just, we're like just it's, hearing about it. It's yeah. widespread. Well, then, then it's then I think they all should go to jail for 150 years. Or if they make more money in the short term, or if they make more money with the beer savings. Yeah. To where after the lawsuit, there's still money ahead. So boo hoo, the profit's still bumped up. I don't understand. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, they make enough they, extra money they, to they, pay they, for the lawsuit. Yeah, oh, the I money see. that they make oh, by I selling the beer. Yeah, for more than what the volume sure. is going out the door pays for more than the lawsuits. So right, still so they're money still ahead. they still win. Right, that's why I think they should go to jail for 150 years. Okay, 150 <laughs> fucking years. Just uh, as a great um, comparison, yeah. the uh, attackers of Brian Stowe, the Giants fan that got uh, the the two Dodgers fans beat his ass at the outside the game. You remember that a couple years ago when it yeah. was like laid up. Uh, they got, I think, uh, eight and four years, respectively, uh-huh. those guys. And so, yeah. yeah, 150 years for the 100. financial fraudsters at the uh, CenturyLink Arena. <laughs> That's what Bernie Madoff got. Right. All right, go ahead. All right, well, a couple more. Recently, scientists okay. have uh, reported that the part of the hops not used for making beer could possibly be used to battle cavities and gum disease. Send him to 
to jail. <laughs> oh, no, wait, that was a good thing. Oh, uh, six sorry. lifetimes. Cavity jail. Uh, a, uh, a new study in the American Chemical Society's Journal of Agriculture and Food Chemistry has identified some of the substances that might be responsible for these effects. Um, they found that antioxidant polyphenols contained in hop leaves, they're called bracts, uh, help fight those conditions by stopping the bacteria responsible for those conditions from being able to stick to surfaces and thus preventing um, some of the release of the toxins that cause, you know, the gum disease. Yeah. Uh, every year, uh, farmers harvest about 2,300 tons of hops in the U.S., but the bracts are not used for making beer, and they're just discarded. Um, and so they're trying to figure out, are there ways to repurpose this to uh, make it effective in that uh, arena, as it were? So what you're saying is that that hops prevent not uh, what happens when people don't floss their fucking teeth. Right. So All you, you have to do right. is eat hops? I can stop flossing? You, you don't floss now. I floss like a madman right now. That's not what Kate said. Uh, no, no. I floss like a goddamn madman, but I'd rather just chew on hops. I'm up to five times a week. Is that right? I'm, I'm a you... terrible flosser. Uh, is this a recent thing for you, Jay? Uh, in the last uh, year. Oh, good man. Yeah. I was never a big flosser. No. And... Um, I'm telling you now, I floss twice a day almost. I was yeah. never a big flosser because all yeah. the blood just got I me mean, turned my stomach. <laughs> that, that goes, that goes yeah. away. How do you deal with the blood? The iron do, taste is awful. You do it yeah. regularly and it doesn't bleed. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> so basically, you just, you just pack all your gums with hops. With and hops. You, yeah. and you yeah. go to sleep. You oh, it that? looks great. It feels great. <laughs> and now I don't have to green. floss. Halitosis be damned. <laughs> so what are they going to do? Are they going to put this in toothpaste or something? Like, what's yeah. the deal? Uh, they don't really know yet. This is kind of a this is a brand new discovery. So they. I don't know how they're what going does Doc to make use. Think? Hops continue to oh, be wonderful. Let's yeah. call Doc. I wish Doc were here. We'll bring this up next time Doc's in the studio. All right. And until well, then, I thought he was here. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Nodding off in the corner. Yeah. All right, last one. Uh, last week, uh, San Diego-based Carl Strauss Brewing announced that it is exploring plans to open in Belfast, Ireland. Uh, the East Belfast Partnership, which is an economic development agency over there, approached Carl Strauss several months ago. Uh, at first, the co-founder of uh, Strauss, Matt Ratner, said he was surprised the Irish hadn't gone to, uh, first to a European brewery. He said, I guess the craft beer movement in the U.S. has international aplomb these days. Mm. So then I thought they might want a brewery from Boston or New York with the strong Irish connections, but San Diego has risen in profile. Uh, the proposal looks to include a brewery uh, with an attached restaurant. It would be about 3 to $5 million bucks. It would be uh, employ 100 people, and it would occupy a space near Belfast City Hall. And uh, Carl Strauss already got a pretty good uh, footprint here in the States. They've been around for 25 years. They have eight brewery restaurants, produced about uh, 61,000 barrels of beer last year. I like Carl Strauss. For a long time, they were the only beer you could buy in uh, California Adventure, Disneyland. Oh, is that right? Mm -hmm. I think they make good beer. I met the owners once, good people. They're still, you know, they're a a big company, sort of, but a very small company in relative terms. Uh, I think it'd be good. Get them over to Europe. Why not? Yeah. The Irish will love them. You think so? Yeah. It would be the uh, first brewery. Would be the first brewery outside of uh, Southern California, Carl Strauss. Uh, but Ratner uh, noted that its most honored beer is Red Trolley. It was the gold medal winner at the 2013 GABF in whatever category that is. Oh, it's an Irish Red Hill. Oh, there you go. What do you know, that's the news brought to you by our friends at Austin Homebrew Supply. All right, they're good people over there. Also, don't forget if you're looking to uh, put all your recipes in one place and uh, you know use the best brewing software out there, go to beersmith.com right now. Get your free 21 day trial, and uh, you're not going to regret it. It's it, first of all, it's free uh, for 21 days, so you can mess around with it. Uh, if I'm wrong, 
No harm, no foul. But I'm not wrong. You're going to love it. It's available on both PC and Mac. It'll do everything you need it to do, including uh, keep inventory. If you keep you know, your own grains and hops around and things like sure. that, you can put your inventory in there. You can share recipes online. It's available in mobile versions on both Android and iPhone. Uh, you, know, you can put it on your iPad. You can do the whole thing. Go to Beersmith.com right now and check it out. You won't regret it. All right. Also, the other thing I'd let you know about is dildos and videos. You know, our favorite thing around here. All my friends love them. <laughs> Free shipping dildos and videos. It's like a, I'm making my own rap video right now, JP. <laughs> I got the dildos. I also got some videos. <laughs> What's going to rhyme with free shipping? Double dipping? Oh, snap. Oh. We got the double dipping and the free shipping. Uh, go to adamandeve.com right now. Uh, Use coupon Christ. code BNARMY. It's B-N-A-R-M-Y. You get uh, 50% off just about any one item. Um, you get a free gift. You get uh, three free adult DVDs from all sorts of different genres. You've heard them. You know what they are. They're, they're pretty incredible. And uh, all sorts of good stuff. Just go to adamandeve.com. Uh, use coupon code BNARMY. All right. And before we go real quick... Uh, you guys remember Susie talking about the Hello Kitty beer, or at least being really excited about Hello Kitty beer because yeah. it was in one of our news stories? That's very... Yes, yes. Uh, so somebody finally brought Susie Hello Kitty beer. Oh! But you got to hear this story because... So Susie, as you can imagine, was very excited. Somebody came back from what? Taiwan? Taiwan? Yeah. Okay. Brought her Hello Kitty beer. It was hard to find too, right? Yeah, um, all of his... All of my friends' relatives were looking for it all around Taipei and couldn't find it. He goes over there for his wedding and looks for two weeks, found one can left. He's like, oh my gosh, i got to buy it. Brings it back, and the next night, Shane's mom comes into town to visit and drinks it, not knowing that it was beer. Oh, never drink the last of the beer. She she doesn't know. She doesn't even drink. Look at the can. She thought it was soda. I showed it to her going, look, you like Hello Kitty too. Look what I got. Hello Kitty beer. And I put it back in his fridge. I went home for the night. I got back at 7.30 in the morning and found an empty can. You know, she probably didn't realize it was beer as she was drinking it. No, she didn't. She's like, I just thought it was a funny tasting soda. And claims also that she caught a buzz. But it's like a two and a half percent beer but but shane's mom's like i'm all hammered and wow. shit. it was funny <laughs> she was on adam and eve at 7 30 in the morning <laughs> Dude, they, is cartoon kitty a genre <laughs> cartoon yeah. kitty is a genre and but, hentai is too yeah if you look at the can i would dare say that can wouldn't even be legal here oh, in the no, u.s absolutely. the way no. beer is on there it's marketing Where? to children oh, yeah. in, yeah. as yeah. far as the yeah. u.s oh yeah, yeah. If, it's if, if, if joe camel was marketing right. exactly for yeah. children yeah. it's for women it's it's Hello it Kitty. Yeah. It has a little like lemon on it. I mean, this the can does kind of scream soda. In Shane's mom's defense, oh, yeah. it screams soda. But Susie's been yes. waiting for this beer for like a year. Unbelievable! And she wakes up in the morning. She had just gotten it the night before. It's gone. It's amazing that they <laughs> they only found where was it? Like a, a convenience store? Or something? Um, no, they found it in. They were looking at all the convenience stores. It's so popular with like women nowadays that it's always out of stock. That's why it's gone. So they do make a lot of it. That's what I recall. Yeah, and they're, it's, they're just buying it all. They're up? just buying up. Wow. Women love Hello Kitty. If you want to get laid in Asia, have a Hello Kitty sock puppet on oh. your thong. Are you I, sure? I, I have like, one of those. I feel like they. Would be like, really? That's for chicks, man. No, they'd be like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. <laughs> Let me kiss it. Take note, guys. Susie just said, have a Hello Kitty sock puppet oh, on no. your dong. <laughs> that's how you get laid in Asia. What if you're listen? Like, she's Asian. I will. I think she's right. Yeah. I think I think white first, then oh, Hello Kitty sock puppet. 
That's what I understand. Asian women in They'll Asia get their love attention being tall, tall and white. Yes. And then when you pull your pants down, if there's a sock <laughs> puppet on your dong, this gets better and better. <laughs> at, at some point, if there's any doubt, yeah, that will clear the doubt. Yeah, yeah. I think you might be right. Thank you. <laughs> Susie. So will you be the BN idiot abroad? Yeah. You go to Asia with the sure. I'll, to Asia. <laughs> yeah. I'll figure out how it works. You gotta clear that with Taryn. Well you are so you're super what are you, six four? You will yeah, so first of five. all Alright, so you're gonna tower. Yeah, right. And then all we gotta do is have Susie fucking knit you a Hello Kitty uh, sock dong. Dong like, sock. She has three That's like an eye level for them, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're gonna poke yeah. someone out. Yeah. Oh I will. Imagine me and pa- Paxton and I in oh, in Tokyo. I will pay for the video crew. It'll be amazing. Women with nosebleeds over there. Wow. What's Get out mean? the credit card. That'll be amazing. Let's do it. I'll do it right now. Because uh, there's a Disneyland in Tokyo. Well, thank you for bringing us the Hello Kitty can. It's yeah. too bad you didn't get to try it, I really it, wanted to save it for you guys, and we can all try it together. Yeah. It's like having a girl sext you her boobs. <laughs> cool. I get to see them. Wait, what's wrong with that? <laughs> well, you can't. Are you it. complaining about that? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> You can't enjoy them, so go. I get a look at it. That's great. I'm going to go on record right now saying if anyone wants to sex me, I'm down. Whoever was going to send them to JP. Whatever. God. That's much easier than searching for that shit. Don't twist my words. Uh, I'm not an iPhone camera. I don't even care. I don't even give a shit. (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) I'm not your iPhone screen. I don't get to touch them. Yeah. What do I care? I'm not your mirror. All right, I do believe we're finally done here, Tasty, all right? Sounds good to me. All right. Uh, thanks to all of our sponsors, especially More Beer for bringing you this show, but uh, there's a lot of good sponsors in there. Yeah, they're all in the commercial breaks and some of the live reads. And Don't forget to uh, patronize them and, and let them know that you appreciate their support because we couldn't be doing this uh, without them. Also, all of you who, who subscribe and donate to the show and your one-time donations and the people buying from the store, we appreciate it very much, and I just wanted to extend a, an extra thanks because we're still alive and well today uh, thanks to you guys. I do believe that uh, we're off next week. Yeah, we got a couple of staggered, weird off weeks. Uh, 31 is off. We're back on 7, then we're off on 14, and then we do five straight shows on the air. And that's all while we're transitioning to the Hop Grenade. Yeah, that's going to be rough. (laughs) Wait a minute. I'm going to die. Can I just I'm just going to schedule a vacation because you got. It's you probably know. a good time to do it, Tasty. Yeah, no kidding. I'm so excited that it's going to be next to Bart. That means I can actually drink during a show. Yep, yes. that's right. Yeah. Still Bart your ass home. I think a lot of people are excited about uh, the Hop Grenade yeah, opening up. Bart yeah. off for the show and Bart home. It'd be great. There you go. I can Bart over to Ole. Oh wait, we have our own bar. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. yeah I heard well, the selection might be better. Right. You never know. Yeah. Could be Cantillon night there. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That's right. You'll pay out the nose for it, but it might be better. You never do now. Oh, this is a gr- actually real quick before we wrap up. This, um, they did have Cantillon at all. What I don't know, a month ago now, and uh, yeah. the guy there told me that some of the Walnut Creek women who are you know thirty seven and have a little too much plastic surgery and a lot of cash, you know, yeah. came in and ordered it because it was the most expensive thing on the menu. Yeah, and they wanted to see what it was all about. Took a sip and retched and sent it back. Oh, and the poor bartender wow. had to dump a bunch of canty on that night. Wow. Oh, that's painful. That's rough. You can find them over at milfaholic.com. <laughs> it's members.milfaholic.com. It's also a genre at Adam and Eve. That's right. All right, Jip, you ready to get a set? Oh, uh, no, Twitter game. Twit, tweet, tweet, tweet. Should have me. Twit game. Tweet, tweety, twat, twit game. Whatever. I don't know. Just do it. <laughs> So the Twitter game was, if uh, the BN could invent a bionic uh, package, if you will, what would it be? 
Uh, our friend Brandon Zeddy's writes, a bionic cleaning assistant that takes care of everyone's favorite task, cleaning after a brew day. Yeah. Very practical. That's a good idea. Ian Jenkins writes, a bionic liver so more beer can be had. I already have that. <laughs> Songful Chris writes, a penis for JP considering he lost his in the dildo mold. Mm. Maybe Justin will be nice and make one for him that pours beer. And it'll have a Hello Kitty sock on it. So you can kiss it, apparently. <laughs> yes. uh, Marcus Harton writes, activated carbon gastrointestinal tract to take the stank out of beer events. I, for one, would sign up for that. Oh, that is a good one. Drunk Rhino asks, is Bionic a new Adam and Eve category? What's the code again? Mm-hmm. It's not new. They've had it. Yeah. <laughs> In the year 2020. Uh, Todd Palmer writes, an inspector gadget finger equipped with all the sensors for pH, starting gravity, temperature, etc., or just a hands-free flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> did you say flashlight? I did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to call him like a super nerd, and then he rounded it out with a hands-free flashlight, yeah. so I had to stop. Uh, Kyle Liddy writes, some sort of bionic bong or smoking apparatus. Yeah. And then finally, Ian Hay says, a bionic mouth to make my shitty homebrew drinkable. <laughs> <laughs> I need that. There's yeah. a few inventions I need in there. Right. All right, I like the cleaning one. Mm-hmm. The very practical, very serious. And what was the other one I really liked? It was several in. Now I forget. <laughs> uh, bionic liver? No. The anti-stank one. After, oh, the anti-stank yeah, yeah, one. That's it. All right, I yeah. like the cleaning one, and I like the anti-stank. Because we have to spend a lot of time at festivals. And oh, yeah. Especially at multi-day festivals where the... It gets People's real bad. bowel movements get a little messed up, you know, while they're yeah. traveling. Yeah. And then it gets weird. Yeah. Why is that? Mine uh, do that all the time. People get constipated. Fast and then food. they drink all this Hate beer, it. and it's got to push it. That gas has got to come out through all that shit. <laughs> it's a shit filter. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Really? <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. Right. Ever, the methane Like at the National Brewers Conference. Yeah. On the, on the uh, Friday night, the club night thing. Yeah. Oh, it's God. terrible. Yeah. And you're wonder, saying it's because the, the methane gas has to pass through yeah, several not, inches of shit. Yeah, yeah, yes. It's yes. Shit. I call that fresh off the log. <laughs> yeah. yeah. God damn it. I wonder if it seeps into the carpets in these rooms where, like. Yeah, they may say, well, we like, got to change the carpet. Yeah, like guys Sunday, the wow. crew's, like, breaking down like, from the that? last. Like, God, Somebody the took a shit in here or what? Yeah. The, the, the uh, white paint is a little creamier. Right. Oh, God. All right, I give it to that one because that is a problem that needs solving. All right. Yeah? I agree. We'll bring All that right. to the conference. Ask Carbon Filter wins it. All right, Marcus. Good job, buddy. There we go. Well done. That's our Twitter game winner. Uh, don't forget, we're giving away two tickets to the Dave Matthews Band concert in Sydney on April 15th, plus a uh, backstage tour for the two people who win the tickets. Uh, they're going to be good seats. You're going to get a backstage tour. You're going to get to check it out. You might get to meet Dave. I don't know what happens backstage. I don't know what happens. What, happen, what happens backstage stays backstage. <laughs> there, it, there could be possibly some, you know, some free beverage. You know, you might be a part of the. Uh, yeah. That deal. But I, that's no promise. But you know. it stays backstage. That can happen in your bloodstream. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so go to the Brewing Network forum, brewingnetwork.com, and then click on the forum, and then you'll see there in the beer radio tab, uh, you're going to be bidding for them. So just put your price down. You can you can start the bidding war. You can finish the bidding war. Do what you're going to do. And it's all there to help us get to Australia so that we can bring more of our team out there to party with you guys. So I encourage you to do it. Uh, they're going to be great seats. I'd take them myself if I was going to be there in April, but uh, I won't be. So there you go. JP, you ready to get us out of here? Yep. Thanks, everybody. Good show. Thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com.
Go find beers from Left Hand Brewing in your hometown. You will be pleasantly rewarded. Go to lefthandbrewing.com for more info. JP is trying to be funny over on Twitter. Give his ego a much-needed boost and follow him at Major Chip. For some good beer insight and homebrew info, follow Nate Smith and Nathan Homebrew and Mike McDowell at Taste McD. Production director on this session has been Push Eject. Tonight's show has been produced by Scott Moskowitz. JP was just existing and not really caring. Susie was in the chat for the beef tonight, and your host was Justin Crossley. You're shipping on the Brewing Network on Facebook, Twitter, and now Instagram. Sky and winter.